We're going live once again with Trina, Tana, and the dog as we talk about the Giants' 2022 season, skim over the playoffs, and look ahead to the future. So that's coming up next here on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to twenty-five times the amount of your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Giants Live. I am Patricia Trainer, your host. You've got Trainer Tana and the dog. Oh, that's a good intro. That's yeah, appropriate for what happened last week. It was kind of subdued. It wasn't yeah. overly energetic. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're entering the off season. I, I give that like a nine out of ten because of the the circumstance. Correct. Yes, and, and 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 you know my heart bleeds for dog because I know I know he wanted so badly as we all did. We all wanted the Giants to beat the Eagles. I just wanted well, to give them a game. I just right. I just wanted wanted them to be competitive, and they they just uh, went out with a thud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's Louise. I mean, we won't spend a whole lot of time talking about that. But on today's show, we'll talk about the 2022 season a little bit, and then we'll spin it ahead to 2023. I know a lot of you have been asking me, when are you going to be ready to talk free agency in the draft? Well, free agency, I've been doing a lot of work on this week, so I can talk free agency. The draft, we're just getting started. We had a couple of articles up on Giants Country, so I'm still getting up to speed on that, but uh, it's off season. It sucks, I know, but um, we're going to talk about some stuff. And guys, it took till the end of January this year for it to be the off season, as opposed to before Halloween, which is, I always joked around and said, man, the Yankees season lasts longer than the Giants season. Like the Yankees still it mean does, something at the end of October and the Giants don't. So I, I had a blast this year. It's the best year I've had covering the Giants. Bad Dog only had one rant all year. That's how you know it was a good year. Yeah, that was it. Ah. Bad Dog usually rants in his sleep. Game. Yeah. So. <laughs> so the fact that Bad Dog only had one rant video all year tells you how good it was. And listen, it was a, what it, was the rant video on? I'm curious. Well, it was the Minnesota, Minnesota game, the, the first one. And the reason being, it's not because I felt like we played poorly. I was more mad that I didn't go into overtime because we were winning. We were winning that game. The guy, yeah. the fact that Joseph had a 61-yard field goal, it just frustrated me. It frustrated me that they even had the opportunity to kick the field goal. And you just know that a guy that has a chance to beat the Giants with a 60-plus yard field goal, he's going to do it. You know, uh, um, what the, Elliot did it to us. Again, mm. it was really Joseph did it to us. And, of course, Graham Gano. Mm-hmm. Uh, to us, so three times we've lost the end of regulation on a sixty-plus yard field goal. Um, yeah, so but yeah, I was more upset that we didn't get a chance of going overtime because yeah. All, but you know what? At the out. end of the day, you know, it sucked at the time, but we got him. You know, the Giants got him back. And yeah, look, I firmly believe, and you guys, you know, we, we can talk about it obviously uh, on the show. I believe that the tide's turning for the Giants. You know, considering the roster that they had. This year, and and we could all agree that they had deficiencies on the roster. I think even Shane and Dable realized it without coming out and saying it. 
considering the deficiencies for them to accomplish what they did. Pretty impressive. And it gives me hope for the future that now with a healthier salary cap situation with up to 11 draft picks right now, they have nine, but they're going to get two comp Comp picks. Um, They're going to, Shane's going to fix this roster. I have the utmost confidence in him and, you know, he spoke on Monday. We can talk a little bit about what he said on Monday um, with regards to free agency and the tags. And we'll get into Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and all that good stuff. But I feel pretty good about the direction this franchise is ha- headed in. How could you not? We, we, we've got a GM that I think demonstrated this year that he's got at least a head on his shoulders. And he has a plan from day one that, that, that he's not going to alter with all the pressures that the fan base gave him at the trade deadline. He said, no. I'm not giving away premium draft capital to bring in a guy like Chase Claypool. No, we brought in a GM that showed you he could find guys off the scrap heap like Isaiah Hodgins that could be contributors. And and our head coach proved that he could take players like that and he could get something out of them. And he proved that he could take players that were on this team from a prior regime and make them look like completely different players. Dexter Lawrence this year was always good. This year he was all pro. Daniel Jones this year was a top, as Carl Banks called it on my channel, eight quarterback this year. Um, so, like, he got, like, career year. Julian Love had his best year of his career. Saquon Barkley had a resurgence. He had a bounce. So, like, so many players on this team you saw develop into better players than they had ever been. And um, I think a lot of that goes to the coaching. So how could you not be really excited about the future of this team while still realizing that we have a lot to work on, especially from within the division? Because that's – that's what you got to be concerned with, right? Yes. And the New York Giants finished the year one five and one from within the division, if you include the playoffs. Um, and the one thing that stands out to me, not just in the playoff game, in every game we played outside of the, the last the the last regular season game, but the first Eagles game, the postseason Eagles game, and both Dallas Cowboys games, they didn't just kill us. They literally had like a mass murder on our in the trenches against us. Like, yeah. we do not stack up with their offensive line. And, and we, on both sides, the def- our defensive line got dominated every time we played those teams, and our offensive line got dominated every time we played those teams. So if you're Joe Shane, you're looking at that, I think that has to be the focal point. We need to continue to bulk up that line, and we need linebackers. Yeah, mm-hmm. quick quick uh, shout-out to Pop Guto. says they look like a bear. I am shaving. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stream Papa Goot. So I am stream. I am shaving. I didn't have a chance to do it today uh, before the stream. But yes, don't worry. Have no fear. I will be. I will be shaving. <laughs> I mean, his, Chris's dad always gives you a hard time when I. He's Italian. He gets it. He understands. Oh, um, yeah. I, we I love agree. Papa Guzzo. We love, I, we love him. No, of course he's the man. Papa Guzzo is the man. He's the man. Um, he's the man. Yep. I agree. I, I mean, I agree. I, I think the next step the Giants have to take. You know, obviously, they took a, a massive step forward. They accelerated the, the process. I, I think they, they you know, exceeded a lot of people's expectations. Uh, yeah. Getting to the playoffs and then winning a playoff game and giving the fan base hope of what could be in the future. But I think we have to start. I think our next step is beating Philadelphia and Dallas. Yeah. These are two teams that we haven't matched up well against. These are two teams that, like Chris said, they run over us. The Eagles offensive line is pushing our defenders back 15 yards. Yeah, The yeah. first game they ran for like 300 yards against us. In, in a playoff game, they ran for like 265. I don't even know how many passes they threw in a second. I was just like, here you go. Here you go, Boston Scott. Here you go, Miles Sanders. Here you go, you know, Kenneth Gainwell. Whoever. Jalen Hurtson after runs. Just whoever was back there. Here you go. I mean, what was it, third and 11, and Gainwell got like 30 yards on a one play? And did you see so, how Justin Ellis got pushed back? Yeah. We, by a guy just, who we outweighed by about 50 pounds or so? Yeah. 
so you you see what the Eagles did, and I kind of compare us to Philadelphia, although I think they were set up better than we are right now. But you look at what Philadelphia was last year, and they were five seven and one. I believe I could be wrong. I've said this a lot. And I never ch- actually checked, but I'm pretty sure they were five seven and one. Looked like they were done. Won their last four games, finished nine seven and one. Got to the postseason, got blown out by Tampa. They got blown out. They got obliterated. They were down thirty one nothing. They lost thirty one to fifteen. Um, there was questions about, hey, is Jalen Hurts the guy? Let's get some draft picks. Mm-hmm. A lot of Eagles fans didn't think Jalen Hurts was the guy. Then you go out and you get an AJ Brown, and you you look what Howie Roseman did with that team, and you look at how good they are now. So when a lot of people say, oh, the Giants would have been better off not making the playoffs, they would have been better off losing and getting a better draft pick. I'm like, you you can't put a value on the experience that the players get, that the coaching mm-hmm. staff gets. That playoff experience means a lot. And it yeah. also builds confidence going forward that hey, we like this. Let's do better next time. It brings more free, you know, more free agent interest to the team when you. I think Carl Banks mentioned that, Chris, or you mentioned it when you were talking to him. That now that you have a good culture there and a good head coach, people yeah. see that. Yeah, they're going to be more interested in coming to the Giants, and we have more cap flexibility. And you right. also mentioned the Carl ba- and the Carl Banks scream, Chris, and it's a good point that we keep our own guys. Yeah. And then we get comp picks. Instead of going outside and losing picks, uh, you, you get comp picks for signing your own guys, and that's the whole point of drafting really well. You don't build through free agency. You build through the draft. And I believe this front office is going to be good with the cap. I think they're going to be good with the scouting and the drafting. And there's no reason not to be excited yeah. as a Giants fan for the future. You know, I, I had uh, Gates on the show um, a couple days ago, that interview. I watched that one today when I was at work. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you yeah. gave me the thumbs up on yeah, that. Yeah. And Gates, Gates, you know, Gates was very optimistic. And, you know, I was talking with him after we, we finished recording. And 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 he he basically is like, this team's going to, you know, he's, he said with the right moves and if we can stay healthy – he was very, very optimistic about this team and the direction it was going in. So, I mean, you could just feel it. I mean, just a change in the culture that just to add, I mean, the locker room this year, not that the locker rooms have ever been really difficult for me to work, but this year just, Patty, you could tell it was different. A, a, anytime I, I saw a, even, even after they lost to the Eagles, Anytime I saw an in-locker room interview this year, all I heard was ping pong balls in the background. And I know you've mentioned that all year that they're they're always playing ping pong. And I, I heard it like the last like five times they interviewed. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. Like you could tell like these guys just like like playing for one another. It was a much better locker room this year. And the further evidence that you need, Leonard Williams came out and said that he's willing to take a pay cut. And who knows if he's going to be willing to when he talks to his agent. But he said he's willing to take a pay cut to stay with this team. Saquon Barkley came out and may have hurt his value by saying, right. I said the same thing. I know. Like I'm not, you know, my injuries in the past are going to hurt me. I'm not looking to to break the record for the highest paid running back. Why are they saying these things? Because they want to remain New York giants. Like there's something to that. That means that Dable's starting to build something. Yeah. Leonard Williams said he would take a pay cut. I don't know. So I mean, Darius Slayton took a pay cut to stay here. Um, yep. So, yeah, I said right at the beginning of the year, they, there was all the talk about Dave Gettleman when he came in here as the culture, the culture, the culture, the culture. And all I kept saying in the offseason, winning builds culture. When you yes. win, it just changes things. You, and I always love the way this team played. When I when I watched that, that um, hype video that's on Chris's channel, it's like 90 seconds. And I must have watched it 20 times. And it's more so for the – and he played that on, on the, you know, before we started last week. And I just was, I just listened to how excited 
Chris and I get on some of those plays. I'm like, we haven't had that excitement here in years. And I just love it. I, and I start thinking back, man, we had some really good moments. That did, you know, like the Packers game, the Ra the Ravens that's on there, the Kayvon Thibodeau settle. <laughs> Chris and I lost our minds because we're like, we that was a playoff game, and we were, you know, yeah. so we had a lot of fun this year, and I, I expect that to continue into next year. But these players, they play hard for Brian Dable, they play for one another. There's no selfish guys on here, really, outside of you know Kenny Galladay saying, uh, give me the ball at the beginning of the year, but you saw him at the end of the year out there throwing blocks mm -hmm. uh and doing what they were asked to do. So you know, I, I just think finally, and I know Carl Banks mentioned this on Chris's stream, but we do have the right people in place. The front Absolutely. office, the coaching staff, it, it's a really good personnel group. And yeah. that's why as Giants fans, we should be excited because I do feel like for the first time we have those good, young 21st century analytical minds that are going to get the most out of their players. Now you're going to have an offseason where Shane... Dable, Brandon Brown, they are scouting for the Giants, which mm -hmm. they weren't doing last year. They have their own scouts in place. They went out and they scouted players that they know are going to fit their system, and they're going to bring in those players. And you yeah. know that Dable's going to be able to coach them up. So it's going to be a good season next year. And, I, and you I, know what I what, what I love? Two things I'll, I'll comment on. First off, the locker room, this was, you know, now granted, we weren't in the locker room during the pandemic. So this was the first year we were back in the locker room. It's been a long time since I can recall a locker room being this loose, this fun to cover. You know, guys were just, you know, there were so many more cooperative guys. When they lose, they tend to, you know, ah, I don't want to talk to the media. So they go and they hide or, you know, whatever. There were more guys available every week, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was there was friendly banter going on back and forth between the media and, and, and the players, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, cause I always, I always joke with the guys. I always say, yeah, we're like your, 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 your ugly step cousins that you want to just, you know, mm -hmm. that you don't want to remember. Um, and then, you know, about Shane, I, I, I got to tip my hat to the guy. The, when he spoke on Monday, I don't know what you guys thought, but he's not going to obviously come right out and say certain things, but I thought he was as honest as he could be given the circumstances. And there were things, there were times when I thought, wow, you're a little too honest there. You I'm know, gonna, like I'm the gonna, slip I'm up with the Jones thing. Thoughts on, on the too honest part. I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts I have on that. But that's what Joe Shane has done since he's been here. Not yep. just that press conference. Like last year, like I, all these Giants fans on my channel are like, oh, he's full of it. He's full of it. He's going to draft Malik Willis. He's going to take a court. No, he, he came out right out and he told you what he was going to do. And it's what he did. And yep. I, I think he's doing the same thing again. But I think, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe this is just a conspiracy on my end or whatever, and I'm speculating too much. I don't think that was an accidental slip-up by Joe Shane when he said, Daniel Jones will be back here. I'm going to tell you why. I think that's him saying subliminally to Daniel Jones' agent, if we have to, we're going to franchise take your quarterback. He will be back here with the New York Giants. I think that's what he was trying to portray when he said that, What he when he did. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great point because I don't know if you caught it. Dable kind of looked over at him like, what? You know? He said it twice. Yeah. Twice. twice. He said yeah. he's going to be but, back But here. you know what? This, this is what I like about Shane. You know, obviously he's not going to tell you everything, but he, I have found him to be as honest and forthright within reason as anything. I mean, even off the record, he'll, he'll say things and you're like, okay, you know, and you just file it away for later if you're going to, you know, do something with it. I really like this guy. There's no BS. He knows what he needs to do. He, you know, and, and it's almost like, okay, the whole world knows what our deficiencies are. So what's the harm in me admitting it, you know? And 
he's like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the guys that I need to, you know, further advance this roster. No doubt. So I, I I definitely think they want to keep their guys. And that's what he said. And that's the way you build teams. Exactly. That is how you build teams. Like Chris said earlier, that's what the Steelers have done. That's what the Patriots have done. That's how you become a consistent contender every year by drafting well and keeping your core players and getting more, uh, you know, getting more picks, getting more uh, compensatory picks, as opposed to going out there and overspending in free agency and bringing in guys that aren't used to your system and then trying to get rapport with the quarterback or rapport with the other teammates or whatever. When you have a core of guys that play together, they can play off of one another. And that goes a long way. Again, these are intangibles that don't show up in Madden ratings or in box scores. And, you know, we, we've been trying to piece it together. Dave Gettleman went out there and he got the best wide receiver that he could. He went out there and got the best left tackle that was available. And Nate Solder and they, they both flopped big time. It was a lot of money and, and there was no production. So it just goes to show you're better off drafting well and keeping your own guys. And that is the way you, you build consistency. Absolutely. So, and then you, you know, you get a piece here, you get a piece there, but you don't go out there and try to, you know, uh, put it, you know, tape a hole in a you boat. Don't, you don't something. want to win the off season. Right. You, you, exactly. You, know, you want to win the regular and, season. And, and, and not and, for nothing. Yeah. But tell me of a better head coach GM combo right now that's working together. Because these these two guys, but they both came from Buffalo, so they were familiar with each other. There was no honeymoon period or anything like that. They they kind of knew how each other thought. Is there a better GM head coach combination right now? If there, is, if there is, there's not many. I, I'll say that. And, could, and the other I mean, thing you I was, can make a case for maybe Roseman and, and, and Sirianni. Yeah, that's a good maybe. one. Yeah, Lynch, Lynch and Shanahan, and Shanahan. That's a pretty yeah, good yeah, one. Exactly. Shanahan's a really good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, not, um, but not a whole lot of them in the league. No, they, they, it's, we definitely got a really good nucleus. That's for damn sure. But the, the other thing I want to I want to uh, go back to, Shane went out of his way in that press conference to talk about how they want to retain homegrown players. Yep. He was asked about free agency specifically, and he said, I always will prioritize guys that I know, guys that have Music been in this to my building. ears, by the way. Yeah, so like, like when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, he's keeping Daniel Jones. He's keeping – he's going to try to keep Saquon Barkley. He's going to try to keep – like he wants to keep guys that are familiar with the program, familiar playing in New York, familiar – with Brian Dable. And, and that's the way that you build a good football team. When you start bringing in guys from like, you don't know what you're getting. Like when you get Nate Solder or Kenny Galladay, you don't know how they're going to react to a, to a new situation in the New York market, in a new offensive scheme. Um, you don't think it helped Nate Solder that he was playing with Tom Brady's first six years of his career. So that's what happens when you're a poorly run organization. You take the, 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 the leftovers from the good football teams. The Patriots said, we don't need Nate Solder. We'll draft another tackle. Right. You could, pay, you could spend $18 million a year on him. That's what we did. And it failed, and we failed miserably. So, And now the Lions are starting to be a well-run organization. What did they do? They said, you can't take Kenny Galladay. We don't need yep. him. So that's not how you build a football team. You build through the draft. And then when you get to that point where you're ready to compete for a Super Bowl, you do what the 49ers did. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey's that piece that could get us over the top. Let's right. go out and do what we got to do to get Like the Eagles do with A.J. Brown. Right. Eagles do with A.J. Brown. Yep, but you build absolutely. the team first. You build the yep. core first. Exactly. And that's why Shane said, you know, right now, he kind of downplayed the need for a number one receiver. I mean, I think they're, they're still going to address that, but they've got so many holes they have to address. And, you know, I tell people, 
just as the team didn't deteriorate overnight, it's going to take some time to build it up. You know, they tried to under, under Reese, they tried to under Gettleman, it didn't work. This guy has a plan. I really yeah, believe no. that. And, and, you know, it's going to take time. You know, this, this past year, he was hamstrung by the cap. We, we can all agree on that. But, you know, going forward, and this is what, what I also like about this, this marriage between him and Dable. You ever notice when they do their press conferences, they do them together. It's not Shane yeah. and then Dable later. It's one message, one voice, so that Shane knows what Dable's saying and vice versa. That's how it should be. Yeah. Surprised it wasn't like that in the past. I, I think the fact that both of them came from Buffalo, I, I definitely think that helped. And I know we mentioned it on this show, and Chris and I mentioned it, and, I, and he mentioned it again today. You can see Brian Dable's effect on the quarterback because Josh Allen, who's still fantastic, took a step back this year. And, yeah. you know, I think Chris mentioned that he threw two red zone interceptions his entire career and he threw like five or six this season. Yeah. And he didn't look the same. He didn't look like the dominant Josh. He was still great. He still has an elite skill set, maybe the best skill set overall in the NFL. But his decision-making was a little bit more poor. He seemed inaccurate, and at times he seemed uncomfortable. I don't know if that had to do with injury or whatever. I know he was battled. He was nicked up and whatever. But you could tell – you could just tell that he went back a little bit, and Daniel Jones took a major step forward. And there's no way you can look at both of those things and say that Brian Abel didn't have an effect on both of them. So yeah. I love it, and and I do think that – Daniel Jones coming back here, I think he's going to be better. You're going to get more talent around him. He's going to be under the second-year system. And, again, I go back to the Eagles, who I guess they were 9-8. and eight. They weren't 9-7-1. and one. They were 5-7 and seven at one point. They finished 9-8. and eight. But I go back to that fan base, and I was – I'm not an Eagle fan, obviously, but I was just saying the same thing. Hurts ain't the guy. Hurts isn't the guy. Hurts can't do it. A lot of Eagle fans are saying the same thing. A lot, they were doubting him. And then look at this step he took forward with a number one receiver. Not that Devontae Smith isn't great, but a, a good offensive line. And a pure number one in A.J. Brown and a second year under the Nick Sirianni yeah. system. And you look yeah. at what the Giants can do if they can get that number one receiver. I hear a lot of mocks about Jordan Addison, who I absolutely love. You get a Jordan Addison, maybe you do. Maybe you go out and trade for a DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what they're going to do, but you add that and you get some interior offensive line help. And the next thing you know, Daniel Jones takes another step forward. And, and then they, maybe maybe that talk of, oh, he only throws for 170 yards a game. Like Carl Banks said, he takes care of the ball and he wins. So who cares? I love it when he said that. Yeah. Who cares about the yards he yeah. goes? I don't care about his yards. I care about his production in the big spots and, and, yeah. and racking up Ws. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes, you know, stats are nice, but, you know, Tony Romo used to have great stats. And, he did. You know, how, what, what did he win? You know, I mean. Nothing. Same thing yeah, that yeah, Prescott uh, wins. In terms of importance, Daniel Jones has won as many of them. He's won the he's equal Tony Romo's career playoff wins. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's all you need to know. So, all right. So, guys, Shane, you know, obviously wants to keep uh his own guys. Let's start with Daniel Jones because that's the that's a hot topic. You know, we I think we can all agree that if they don't get a deal done, they will tag him by the March 7th deadline. Yeah. Um what kind of deal do you anticipate for Daniel Jones? I, I'm thinking three years, uh, got to be at least $35 million. I can't see it being less than whatever the franchise tag amount is, which I think is $32 million for for um, uh, un, what, $32 million for the not well, for, for the exclusive, it's 44 but they're not. Right, which, which he's, not, uh, he's not getting exclusive, but, you know, yeah. 
definitely 32 million, I think, for the non-exclusive. Yeah, so, but that's still basically exclusive because the team has to surrender two first-round picks right. at that point if they want to sign him, and nobody's going to do that. So, right. um, that's exactly what they're going to do. That's that's exactly what they're going to do. It's why, and I, you mentioned this like a month ago. It's why I, I you said it. And now I think it as well that they approached Saquon Barkley and Julian Love at the buy because they said to themselves, if we could get these guys done, mm-hmm. when it comes to Daniel Jones, we could deal from a position of power because if they are not able to sign Saquon before the tag deadline. And th- then they have to tag Saquon. They no longer have that power over Daniel Jones where they could say, hey, DJ, if you're not going to sign this deal, we're only going to go up to this number. We could tag you and we'll, we'll gladly tag you for $32 million a year. So I think that's why they wanted to get the Saquon deal done with then. And they don't want this to prolong. But yeah, I, I think the goal for the Giants is to get a multi-year deal done with Daniel Jones. It makes the most sense. Sure, the franchise tag him, it's only a one-year commitment, but it also makes it so you can't move any of that money around. That's $32 million against your cap next year. I think in a more ideal circumstance, it's better for Jones and the Giants because Jones well, gets a little more, more guaranteed money. It, it, it won't be a true $32 million, though, because usually – all right, so the way it works – and by the way, folks, we're going to set a date we'll for, do the cap for, for the cap yeah. show. I know a lot of you have asked me about that. We will set a date for that. I'll talk to, to – to Tana and dog after, after we tape here tonight, the way it works is always the first year of the contract is going to be lower. So even though the APY will come out to, you know, figure about 35 million, let's say the actual first year is going to be lower. And the reason for that is, is when a guy signs, you know, he's going to get a check just for signing his name. Oh, I know that. I was talking about from the context of the franchise tag, that that money you can't move around. Yeah. That's I mean, you can't, no, you, that, that's guaranteed. You franchise tag yeah. him and that becomes guaranteed once he signs that. Yeah, that's the and whole I, value of the four or five year right. deal. You can maneuver the money. So you, you only, like you said, you do guarantees. You do, and you put, you it's put only 18, in there. The you put, you yeah. put, you can put incentives in there. And, you know, I put an article up on Giants Country about Saquon Barkley and some of the incentives they can do with him. I'm going to do something similar for Daniel Jones. I haven't finished it yet. I've started writing it. Um, and I'm also going to attempt to structure a Daniel Jones contract. So that's coming on Giants Country. Hopefully I'll have that done by tomorrow. But uh, there are things you can do to boost up the value that if he doesn't hit, the Giants get a cap credit. So, for example, you throw in a not likely to be earned incentive. And the way it works is, is you look at what he accomplished in 2022. All right. So I don't have the numbers in front of me, but let's say um, I know he completed at least 100 passes. Oh, yeah. So you say, okay, Daniel, we are going to give you $500,000 if you complete at least um, 100, 100 passes. All right, easy money. He did it last year. The assumption is, is he can earn it and, you know, and do it again. Now, let's say, it's, I don't think he completed 500 passes, did he? No. no. I don't know okay. if attempted so now you, you give him a, what's called a not likely to be earned incentive. You say, okay, you know what? If you complete 500 passes in 2023, We'll give you a million dollars as a bonus. And if he doesn't reach that, they get a cap credit. So that's the beauty of it by using these incentives, because there are certain things that guys who are willing to bet on themselves, they can get cap credits if they, you know, the team can get cap credits if the guys fall short for whatever the reason. And that's why I think there's going to be a lot of, of that stuff built in. Now with the guaranteed money, and I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself here because I wanted to save this for the cap show. Maybe you do something like what they did with Josh Allen, where every year they guarantee 
for the next year, a portion of his percentage. So it's a tiered guaranteed system. It's very, it, it's actually pretty, you know, clever. I'm going to look at, look at Josh Allen's contract out, as you tell me this. Yeah. yeah. If you decide to cut Josh Allen, which I, you know, I don't see the bills doing now, you're not going to get hit. So there's a difference between fully guaranteed and guaranteed at signing. And this is all stuff we'll get into when we do the cap show. So just a little teaser here for those of you who are into that stuff. I know it sounds complicated, but I'll try and explain it as best as I can. And Scott Young um, asked about, do I think Daniel wants to be a giant? Yes. And then Zig8100 asked about the tag. Can they take the tag off if they wind up signing him to a contract? Yes, that's what would happen. They would take the tag off, but they cannot reuse the tag on another player. Once that tag is applied, if he signs an extension, that's it. The tag has been used for the year. They, they won't be able to use it again on another player. So that's how that works. There you go. All right. So just a little, little taste there with, with the uh, salary cap stuff. But so. yeah, back, back to your initial question in terms of like, what contract do I foresee if he's not tagged? I think it's going to be f- now, maybe it takes a little bit less if it's a longer contract where he gets more of a commitment. Like, if it's, like, a five-year deal where it's like he's, like, definitely locked in for three years, maybe it takes $30 million a year, $29, $30 million a year. But if it's going to be a contract that's, like, only a two-year commitment, four years, yeah, I think it starts at about 33 to 35 per. So you're looking at, like, four years, 135, four years, 140, no less than four years, 120. I, I, I think if you're looking at a four-year deal, three-year deal, upwards of 100. I think that's what you're looking at. I think you have to. I think it makes sense to do a shorter term contract because, look, here, here's the other thing: we all would like to think that the year that Jones had this year was not a one hit wonder. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, you know. Obviously, no one wants to see him come out next next year and wet the bed, so to speak. So, if you're the Giants, you say, okay, Daniel was what 25 now. You say to yep. him, okay, Daniel, we'll do a short term deal, three years. You keep progressing. If you if you keep Going on the path that, you know, the upward path will tear up the deal and we'll give you a longer term deal, an opportunity to earn even more. That to me makes the most sense as opposed to giving him a five or six year deal. He'll outplay that deal in no time. And then all of a sudden you're going to have dead money that you're going to, you know, because if he outplays that deal, now you're going to have dead money because, you know, oh, I want to renegotiate because I've outplayed it. That's the danger with the long term contract. So I think a short term deal makes the most sense. For Daniel Jones, I and think it, that's what they're going to do, and it's why they can't use the tag on Barkley because they need that as bargaining power. Because it, if, well, they got to get him done. If yeah, they, they got to get him done, done because because if 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 they if they already use the tag on Barkley, Jones agent will just be like, all right, we're going to hit the open market because somebody's going to give us that yeah. five year right. one hundred and what like whatever Washington, Washington. Yeah, Washington will give us five years one hundred and eighty. We'll we'll, we'll 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 just sit it out if you can't franchise tag him. So I think it's why they need that power because if Jones and his camp know that they have that power, they may be willing to sign a three or year deal. I don't care if it's three years or four years. A deal where the Giants could get out after two years. They may be willing to do that if they know the Giants have that power to utilize the franchise tag. Yeah, and if Jones if Jones outplays that contract, you just extend him. You you can, you know, and even if he plays through the game, if he gets a three-year deal, by the time that's up, he's 28. He's still in his prime. It's not like he couldn't exactly. get another massive deal. And for Daniel Jones, you could think to yourself, well, listen, I'm going to, I'm in a good situation here. I'm going to be in the, in the system for a second year. Obviously, I improved. I believe in these guys. They're going to get talent around me. So I'm going to keep progressing. And then when this contract is up, then I can really get my exactly. money. Whereas opposed to if he goes to Washington yeah. and he gets that one big deal, and then he does. He wants the bet over there. 
then he's not going to get another contract. He'll get very little. So right. it's, it's easy for him to say, all right, I, I want to stay here. I want to be here for the first time. He'd have some stability in his career. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes a long way uh, for a player. Um, uh, you know, I've talked about this before. We'll, we'll see what they do. It, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. But I really do, and I certainly didn't think this at the beginning of the year, but I yeah. definitely think Daniel Jones will be back here in one and way he, or the other. And even if Kafka leaves this year, which I don't, I still don't think Kafka's going to get a head coaching job this year. I'd be surprised. It's not a slight on Kafka. I know some people are like, why do you keep saying that? I just don't get the sense it's going to be this year. I think he's going to be a head coach and eventually move on. But even if he leaves, remember, the system is basically what Dable brought down yeah. with a little bit of Kansas City mixed in and a little bit here and there from other offensive assistants. So there is still going to be that stability as long as Dable is here on offense because this is primarily, I think, a lot of his philosophies molded to the talent that the Giants have. I think Kafka's coming back. I, I think so too. Yeah, because uh, one of the three jobs are they already hired uh, Wright today. Yeah. So now you got Houston's the only one I could see at this point because they gave him a second interview. But well, yeah, Houston. But I, I think doesn't Houston want D'Amico Ryan's? I that's the rumors that... I've heard. Yeah, which he he should get the job over him. He's more advanced. He's been did the DCI yeah. for three years now I with mean, the 49ers. To so. me, the wild card is the Colts because you never know what the Colts are going to do. That's true. They might hire me. We <laughs> probably better than Jeff Saturday. So. Yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh. They gave him a second interview, so maybe he'll get the job again. Maybe. I mean, I, I could see it happening, but you know, you want to see these these jobs, you know, disappear. And I, I, I mean, I'm curious to see where Sean Payton lands because that's that's gonna create a domino effect. I think. So I heard a rumor that Payton might not take a job now. Oh really? Yeah, I heard a rumor that he's considering going back to TV for a year. Okay, maybe, well, I, maybe he I didn't hear it. I read it. Maybe he doesn't, you know, if that's true, maybe he just doesn't like the options that are out there. Yeah, I don't know who I would mean, want that Texans job. I, I mean, a guy like Peyton's not going to want to go and start a rebuild. And then also Denver. Yeah. Denver's got – Right, they're, they're a mess too. Tired. They have no picks. They have a Russell Wilson contract as an albatross. Yeah, that's, who, who wants that If job? he had a chance to go to the Chargers, he might take that job with a, with a young quarterback like Justin Herbert. That might be the way he goes. It's an up-and-coming team. But, yeah, I can't see a guy like Sean Payton going to Houston or Indianapolis and starting all over. I, I couldn't see that happening. I wonder, though, if, if Payton wanted the Cowboys job, would Jerry Jones dump uh, McCarthy in a heartbeat? Probably, I would think. I would imagine. McCarthy's not a good coach. I, yeah. I don't think he's a good coach. I mean, that guy's had an overwhelming amount of talent his entire career. They won one Super Bowl. That's because of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, let's, let's yeah. face it, not, not because of Mike McCarthy. I mean, you – you can't have much more talent than Dallas has. Oh, they're yeah. extremely talented, and yet and every year they they have a good regular season. They and they flounder in the playoffs every and year. It's usually on offense where they flounder. I mean, and by yeah. the way, did you see Dan Quinn withdrew from head coaching consideration again? I did. Yeah. Ah, uh, what is it going to take to get him out of the division? <laughs> yeah, get out. Jeez. Go go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, the stuff he did with that defense was amazing. Yeah, go back yeah, to you, got, you got to tip your cap. He's done a great job. The, the year yes, before he has. got there, they were they were the worst defense in football. The year before he got there, Dan Quinn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right. So, with the, we talked about Daniel. Let's talk about Saquon now and the numbers. Now, there was a report by I believe Ralph Acciano of Fox Sports saying that Saquon's looking to be paid in the same neighborhood as. Um, McCaffrey, which is around 16 million, not necessarily be paid, paid more, 
but in the same neighborhood. So I don't know if that's true or not. The offer that I, I recall seeing, and also I had heard about this, is the Giants offer was somewhere in the $12 million per per year uh, yeah, range. Yeah, that's what I wrote, too, which, 12, 12 and a half. I, you know, all right. So now I, I wrote this article over on Giants Country. It's up now. Um, the $12 million would put him in the same company as, uh, like, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. um, Chubb, and, and I think Kamara is the other one. Yeah, no, I'll pull, I'll pull sorry, up the uh, salaries down. down the the I'm term, sorry. Yeah. So I went and I, I looked this up. And again, this is in the article I wrote over on Giants Country. Those guys signed their contracts in either 2020 or 2021. So I could see, you know, for inflation, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that, maybe raising the 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 rate a little bit. But I wouldn't go too much beyond 13. Now, I would say to Saquon, all right. I'm going to give you some incentives and see if you can, you know, if you're so confident in yourself and your training and everything, you, you should be able to hit these incentives. So maybe give them an incentive for finishing as the league rushing leader, finishing uh, with te- at least 10 rushing touchdowns, which right. he's done twice in his career, finishing as um, thousand you know, yards, thousand, rushing. thousand yeah. yards, you know, postseason honors, which I, again could be not likely to be earned incentives that you push into next year. So there are, and then I would also for Saquon, because of the injury history he's had at the NFL, and I, and I know he was healthy this past year, but running backs do get dinged. I mean, he did have the shoulder, which he played through. I would put it in a per game roster bonus. How old is uh, Saquon's 26, right? I believe he's 26, so I would not give him more than a three-year deal. I yeah, think. I'm thinking three years, 40 million would be fair for. Yeah, because I because I'm looking. I, I went to the running back chart just to see. Um, yeah, so the, the highest range you have Elliott, which we all know was an absurd contract. That was mm-hmm. a six-year deal for 90 million dollars. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not getting that. No which way. 50 guaranteed, by the way, um, yeah. which is insane for a running back. So yep. that's just on another level. And he's then been you crap got Kamara, ever since that too. What did you say? He's been crap ever since that. Tony yeah. Pollard's better than Ezekiel Elliott is. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Tony Pollard with the broken leg now. I yeah, think that, that, that was rough Zeke. for him. But that the, the might ra- have saved Zeke from, from being cut. But yeah. Anyway, we're getting the, off topic. No, so, yeah, I mean, the, the range I see for Barkley, though, when I look at it, and especially when you look at the age, because, yes, McCaffrey signed a $64 million contract, which was just over $16 million a year, but he was 23 when he signed it. Barkley is 26. So when Derrick Henry signed his four-year contract, he got $50 million, $12.5 million a year. He was 26. Aaron Jones was 26, four years, $48 million. So I think you hit it on the head. I, and because of inflation, slightly higher, not much, but slightly higher, maybe $13 million a year instead of 12. But I think that's the range. I think it's like three years, 39, four years, 52. I think that's the range for Saquon Barkley. And if he, if he wants more than that, the Giants, if they can't tag him, have to let him go. If they can tag him, which would mean they, yeah. they would have signed Daniel Jones already, they tag him. But I, I agree. I don't think that they exceed that $13 million per year. And then here's the, here's the other thing. I went and I looked up the numbers. Saquon hasn't touched the ball more than I think. I want to say it was 34%. Again, it's in the article. But it's, it's he's only actually carried the ball on 30-something. It's like a low 30% of the, of the snaps that he's played in. You figure they're going to upgrade – the receiver core. They'll probably add another tight end. You know, it's not like Saquon's going to be the focal point every week of the offense. I mean, he's going to be part of it. Don't get me wrong, but they, they like to mix it up a little bit. So maybe one week Saquon has five carries. 
maybe one week he'll get 15 carries. You mix it up a little bit and you have to take that in cons to, into consideration. So McCaffrey does everything. Saquon can do everything. But interestingly enough, this year, they didn't use him as much as the receiver as I thought they would. And certainly not as much as they did in his rookie year. Yeah, yeah listen, uh, I definitely think he's a multifaceted weapon. But McCaffrey's a better receiver than Saquon is. McCaffrey, oh, yeah. like in terms of a route runner, like McCaffrey is like literally like as crisp as a receiver. Like he's a, he's a really good route runner. Um, yeah, he's just not for the. I'm not trying to take anything away from Barkley. I fully recognize right. how talented the guy is. I think he's an incredible talent. But at the same time, if you're Joe Shane, you have to think about the long term interest of this football team. And and Saquon is 26. I mean, how much are you going to commit to him when you when you have all like if we had a team like the Eagles right now, and we had the we had the options that we have in terms of our salary cap, I'd say screw it, give him fifteen sixteen million dollars a year, give him that four year contract. We already got the line in place, we already got that Super Bowl roster. He could be the guy, that, but we don't. We we have holes all over this team that still need to be filled. So I don't I, I don't think Joe Shane can do that. I I don't think he could give him as much as I'd like to see him do it because I want to see. I, I'm a team guy before the player. So the best interest of this team is is not to overcommit to Saquon Barker. You can't give him $16 million a year. You just can't do it. No, I, I totally agree. And I want to put this question up from Dustin Mosley, who wants to know, if the, is the transition tag for Barkley a good option? So the transition tag, let me just see what that amount is. I don't think it is, but I'm going to tell you why. But I just want to get the amount up here. The transition tag for a running back is $8.889 million. Here's why I don't think it's a good idea to use the transition tag, because the transition tag allows the player to go out and sign an offer sheet with another team. So basically, another team is doing your negotiating for you. I don't think Joe Shane wants to have another team doing his negotiating for him. So if, if let's say... Barkley gets an offer sheet from, let's say, the Jets, and he signs it. The Giants now have, I think, something like seven days to match it. And if they don't, Barkley goes to, to the Jets, and that's it. So I don't think they want to let the Jets set the market price for Barkley, if you know what I mean. That's why I, I just – you don't see the transition tag used a whole lot, I don't think, anymore. And that's why teams don't want other teams doing their negotiating for them. So I I don't think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a cheaper option. Yes, but nah, I, 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 and this, if case, you, no, if you do that to Barkley, he's definitely holding out. Oh, like, yeah. like, like if you, if like, it's one thing, if you can do the franchise tag, which there's a good chance to hold out. Then if you will go with the cheaper tag, there's no point. There's no way he's even going to play. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, remember he had what he he played for what I want to say seven million a couple of years ago, and then ten million. So he's kind of played below market value uh, for him. I, I'm just going to look it up real quick, but I'm pretty sure the he was on. Okay, so he played his Take cap number was what seven point two this year. Or something it like was that. seven point two, which was less than his ten point oh two five in 2021. Yeah. So if you're Barkley, you don't want to go backwards. You want to go yeah. upward. You want some some financial stability. And here's the other thing, you know, like, like Chris was saying, he's 26 years old. He's had a lot of wear and tear with, you know, with the injuries and also with the ball carries. This is probably his last chance to get a really good payday. Yeah, absolutely. Because so he's going to be past his prime by the next time, by the next time, by the time the next contract rolls around, it'll be 29, 30. 
Nobody's giving a 30 year old running back a lot of money. It's not unless yeah. you're Adrian Peterson. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, this is his chance cashed in. He was finally healthy all season. Um, but, you know, for me, again, I love Saquon. He's incredibly talented, one of the most talented running Absolutely. backs in the league. But as far as positional value goes, I think the Giants, if, you know, you have to kind of like they did with Zeitler where, or Bradbury where it's just, a you know, a cap casualty or you just have to get other positions in order and he's kind of a last resort. You have got to – you got to fix this offensive line. Your quarterback's the most important position. And if you don't have a good offensive line, it's not really going to matter who your running back is. And if you have a really good offensive line, it's not so much about the running back themselves. It's about the running game. Look at Philadelphia. Miles Sanders is a really good running back, but they can run in a multitude. They can use a different, a bunch of different guys to run the ball. Backup in college. Right. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it just goes to show you, if you have a good offensive line, Yes, you can take it an above average running back. You could take a guy like Josh Jacobs or a guy like Tony Pollard that may not cost as much as Saquon Barkley, but you get a good offensive line in front of him. And look what Tony Pollard did with Dallas. All you got to do is look at the 2018. We say it all the time. They had the best running tandem in football. Yes, and it was made up of of two seventh round picks and a fourth round pick. Yep, exactly. Mm Because they had the line. Yep, it's exactly exactly. You hit the nail right on the head. So if you're Shane, you know, yeah, you'd like to have Saquon back. He's been a great, you know, player. Clubhouse guy. He's a he's a class act. He's he's everything you could ask for. But you cannot overspend on the guy. As as Shane said, Patty, it's a business, right? It's the end of the day. It's a business, and they got to do what's best for the team. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. And we'll see if he comes back. I know he wants to come back. You know, he, he said all the right things. Um, but, you know, what's the agent going to tell him once he sits down with the agent? You know, is the agent going to sit there and promise him the sun, moon, and the stars? That sometimes factors into the equation. You know, what conversations are they going to have? What does his agent feel that she can get him? So sometimes, you know, a player will say one thing and then the agent will be like, hey, baby, I can get you this, that, and the other thing. And that's when it gets a little sticky. So I I don't know. I mean, his agent is Kim Miali, and I'm just trying to think. Um, she's with Rock Nation. I'm trying to think how long how long has she been an agent for? I want to say has she been an agent for What's ten years yet? I know she's been around for a few years, but I don't know if she's like considered like a veteran, like say a Tom Condon, for example. I can tell you how long she's been an agent. One second. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I mean, she's a good agent from what I understand, but, you know, sometimes you you just wonder what they tell their clients. I've seen cases where agents have told their clients one thing and the player digs in and says, okay, well, I'm not coming back, you know, because my agent told me I can get this and agent don't, you know, they got to be careful about writing checks that their mouth, you know, that their mouth can't cash. So She represents Leonard Fournette, Ronnie Stanley, Saquon Barkley. How long has she been uh, a, a, an agent for? Should say when she was certified. Yeah, she's pretty. Uh, yeah, she's a, she's, a, she's she's. I just see a picture in the. I just see a picture in the article. Um, uh, dare to live the life. I can look it up. I can look it up later. Yeah, but, I can't you know, find it right point, now in this article. The point. The point is, you know, and and listen, all agents. Just so you know, they all have to pass the same test. So you know, experiences doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, the more contracts you negotiate. And she's she's obviously you know she has a good you know stable of clients if you will so 
It's just, you know, sometimes when you have not, somebody... Not as pretty as you, by the way, Patty. Oh, I didn't thank mean to you. cut you off. But... Checks in the mail. <laughs> but I saw a picture. I'm like, yeah, she's pretty. Now nah, she... I've I've met her a couple of times. She's 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 a she's a great lady. I, I yeah. have utmost respect for her. A lot of a lot of ladies uh, now breaking into the agent business. You know Nicole Lynn, who's really really good. Uh, Kelly Masters, who I absolutely love. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of them. Molly, uh, what's her last name? Now I'm forgetting her last name. There's uh, I want to say McKinney, but I can't remember her last name. So there's a bunch of ladies who who do a fantastic job with you know in the agent community which up until a few years ago was primarily a man's world, kind of like the sports writing industry, but right. you know, so we'll, we'll see though. Cause again, Saquon said, look, I have to sit down with Kim and I've got, you know, and, and, and talk about it. And, you know, that's, and, and, and I expect that. I, I totally expect that, you know, find out what your options are, try to anticipate, you know, and, and what conversations did they have with Joe Shane earlier in the year? To where she could say, okay, this is the vibe I'm getting, you know? So I think, though, you know, Shane, from what I've heard, goes into the negotiations in good faith. You know, he's hands-on. You know, maybe the numbers are worked out by Kevin Abrams or somebody else, but he's he's hands-on. And I am let confident me, let me ask you, Patty. that it'll you work out. Me. You asked me, what's your prediction with Barkley and Jones? How do you think it plays out? I think they prioritize Jones and look to get him done before that March 7 deadline. Mm -hmm. um, and if they can do that, Barkley gets tagged. Yeah. Because yeah. I think they would be comfortable him having him play on the $10 million tag. Of course. I mean, because that's, that's a bargain. I don't think Barkley would be comfortable. Well, Barkley wouldn't like it. He wouldn't like it. I think he has already said, you know, look, nobody's going to like it. Now, would he hold out? That well, I he, don't know. But here's the thing. If you tag – let's say we could do this, and hopefully we can. Hopefully Danny Jones is w willing to sign that four-year, $130 million half-guaranteed contract, whatever the numbers are going to be, before the franchise tag deadline. Because if you then tag Barkley, you could still operate in good faith with him and say, listen, we want to now give you – we don't want you to have to play on the tag. We want right, to give you right. a three-year deal. But if the, now you're 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 negotiating from a position of power, so suddenly now maybe he's willing to take that three for thirty nine, or right. that four for fifty, as opposed to the four for seventy that he's probably aiming for. Mm -hmm. So, just because we tag him doesn't mean he's going to start the year on the tag. Right, and, and that's that's a, that's a good point because a lot of people say, oh, you know, if you tag Barkley, that's it. You know, you're going to create ill will, and he's not going to play on it, et cetera, et cetera. The they have until July. It just gives you more time to negotiate, too. That's really what that's for. Yeah. Right, to buy time and keep right. other teams away. And they have until, I think it's July 15th, to get a long-term deal done. Mm -hmm. So I would have no problem. And, and I think as long as that's communicated to Saquon to say, look, we want you back. We want to work something out. We feel we can work something out. But we don't want to have, you know other teams in your ear. You don't want to get in a bidding war with other Right, teams. exactly. Yeah. And I think if he understands, you know, if that's made clear, it should be, it, it should work out. So, you know, and, and if he sits out, look, it's not to his benefit to sit out because, you know, e even though now he's eligible for all his benefits and pensions and stuff like that, I can't see Saquon sitting out. If he loves the game as much as he says he does, I don't see him 
holding out. I just well, like a, there was um who was it? Was it um not that it mattered because he got paid, but Le'Veon Bell. He was a guy that held out, and then when he came back, he was a shell mm-hmm. of what he was. Now, granted, some of that has to be you're with Pittsburgh, which is one of the best run organizations in football, and you go to the Jets. And the Jets will jet. I don't know what else to say. The Jets always <laughs> seem like they make the right moves and the right picks. And they yeah. have worse luck than we do. The Jets start off real good. And when Brees Hall went down, that 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 was the end of their offense. And it didn't matter who the quarterback was. Uh, Zach Wilson was doing okay. When Brees Hall went down, he was playing great. I thought the Jets had one of the best drafts in the, in the, in the league last year. Right. Yeah. Um, and Brees Hall was playing great. And when he went down, that was kind of the end. But the Jets just have really bad luck. And now there's all this talk about Aaron Rodgers going over there. And they did this in Brett Favre. What are they doing? They're the Jets. I, I, I don't know I like what the Jets myself. do. The Jets will jet. I, I don't know. That's all you can say. The, the Jets will like, jet. It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers. They literally, is, they literally made this Aaron Rodgers move like 10 years ago with Brett Favre. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That. I was yeah, just I like, what are they doing? Like, they think this is actually going to work out? Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is almost 40 years old. I, I mean, I don't know what you... They, I mean, the Jets, they will just <laughs> – the, the Jets. Jets. And, I, I, again, I have no ill will towards the Jets. I was rooting for the Jets. I would love seeing the Jets and Giants both play well this year. But, the, the, I don't know, just they, they have to be more cursed than us. Everything they do fails. But that yeah. just wouldn't be a bright move to go out there and, and, you know, give up whatever they want for Aaron Rodgers. It's just I don't think the Jets are a quarterback away. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, they so, might be, but if you're going to make that move, get a guy that's 29. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, don't I, don't know. Know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I, know I, I don't know. I, I, you know what? Let the Jets, let John let Jet Jet. of, of yep. Jets worry about that. Right, right. We got, so, at least the Giants have a, a, a plan, you know, what they want to do. All right. Listen, guys. And that's everything, Patty, real quick. You know, I know there's. There's definitely less of these fans now than there was at the beginning of the year because I was definitely a guy that did not believe Daniel Jones would be back. I, I was I had my doubts about Daniel Jones. I, I think there's a lot less people that have doubts about him now. But when I talk about this, and people there's still some people like I don't want him back. He's mid. He's a mid. He's mid. He's a mid quarterback. You can win with a middle range quarterback. You can win with a guy in the middle of the pack. There, there's no question about this. It is not easy to find a franchise quarterback. Everybody just that wants Daniel Jones going just think it's so easy. Oh, just go out there and trade up and get Will Levis. Well, who the hell knows if Will Levis is going to be any good? Go out there and get this guy. Get that guy. Like, like Pat Mahomes goes on a tree. Oh, just draft the next Pat Mahomes. Yeah, it's real easy to do that. Go draft the next Trevor Lawrence. Everybody it's not easy. Ask the Jets how hard it is to get a quarterback. Mark Sanchez. Why, why do you think Donald, paid what they Wilson. do? What's that, Chris? Sorry. Why do you think they get paid what they do, man? It's because I, they're hard to find. Exactly. Yeah. So Giants fans that, that still doubt Jones or don't want Jones, you, you have to look at these other teams. Look at the Bears. They're just talking about the Bears getting rid of Justin Fields now because they're picking first in the draft. And maybe they want Bryce Young. Maybe they want Trey. Look at the 49ers. They said, oh, we got our future in Trey Lance. We're going to trade up and get Trey Lance. We don't believe in Garoppolo. Lance gets hurt. Then Garoppolo gets hurt. And here's Brock Purdy. Who's the last pick in the draft doing Tom Brady things over there in San Francisco? You never know where this quarterback's going to come from. He's got to fit in the right system. He's got to be the right guy. Everything has to go right. Just because you bring a Will Levis here doesn't mean Will Levis is going to succeed. It depends on the situation the quarterback comes into. And like Chris mentioned, and I know I've mentioned this, and I'm sure you have too, Patty. 
We have so many holes in this team. If you sit there and trading away draft picks to move up and get one position, you are starting all over again and putting that quarterback in harm's way. It doesn't make sense. So you're telling me it doesn't make sense to to, to give up our our first round pick this year, probably a future next year. Yeah. And then, and then you you know not use that pick on a wide receiver, but the lineman, you know what, guys, Anthony Richardson, and put him on the team with the worst wide receiver core in the league. Exactly, you, that doesn't make sense. Are you kidding me? I don't think. Dog, hold that thought about <laughs> trading up because actually, I have a question I'm going to pose to you and Chris. Um, I got to take a quick break, um, but I have a question for you. Holding everybody hold in suspense. Yes, I'll hold that thought. We'll be right back, everybody. <laughs> Hey, Giant fans, the NFL playoffs are still here, even though the Giants are out of them. And we at the Locked On NFL Network are really excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked on Giants Live, Trina, Tina, and Dog. And, okay, I've got a question for you guys because, actually, I was talking about this with a, a colleague of mine. I'm going to put it to you guys. I'm going to put it out to those who are, are listening and following along in the chat. Given what we know about how the wide receiver free agency class is shaping up, and I think we can all agree that it's not very enticing. Okay, now – Given what we have seen so far, what we know right now about the draft class, if you are the Giants and you know you need a number one receiver, do you, if he becomes available by a trade, pull the trigger and make a trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Depends. And if so, what do you give up? Yeah, it depends. Like two thirds. Yeah. I don't know if that would get it done. The I'll one thing I don't, I don't want to do, the one thing I don't want to do, Patty, is what Hopkins says that he's going to want. I'm not extension, giving extension. Yeah, I'm no. not giving an extension. Okay. He's 31. He's had injuries. He's going to be 33 at the conclusion of the contract. Do I think DeAndre Hopkins still has good football in him? Yes. Do I think people that point to the stats that, that well, no, his stats were very impressive this year. When you factor in that he didn't have Kyler Murray throwing him the football, he had a third string quarterback. And didn't and he, he miss part of the year because of like these or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I still think DeAndre Hopkins is. A really good wide receiver, but I'm not willing to give him a contract extension. If I could get him, I'd even give up the second round pick this year to get him because that's like the 50th pick. I'll give up the 50th pick to get him, but I'm not giving you a contract extension. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It it wouldn't make sense because we just talked about how you want to sign your guys. And it's hard to give a 33 year old wide receiver more. What does DeAndre Hopkins make? 18 million. He's not going to play for less. I can't imagine. I mean, basically you would swap him out for Kenny Galladay. Yeah. And why bother? He'll be more productive than Kenny Galladay, but he's also older than Kenny Galladay. And, and again, he has to come in and get used to the system. What what if he flops here and you're paying that guy all that money and then we're in the same situation. Um, So 
Yeah, I wouldn't want to extend him. You know, if he just wants to come here and play for two years and and then we see where he's at, okay. Um, but I just think this is such a, a deep wide receiver class that the Giants could get a so you like, you really like good him. wide receiver. So I wouldn't want to give DeAndre Hopkins an extension. And okay. I so you I wouldn't I'm extension. not giving up a major draft pick for him. Yeah, so my answer is I wouldn't trade for him because I think he's gonna want an extension. Yeah. So just and based on that, I wouldn't trade for him. I'll probably end up going to Philadelphia as my guess. And then you'll really pull your hair out. Look, right? Everybody's going to Philadelphia. Uh, I was just curious because talking to a colleague of mine, he's like, he would consider making the trade. And I'm like, I personally wouldn't. I don't think, I mean, if Shane didn't make the trade for somebody younger when he had the opportunity before the trade deadline, right. why point. would he do it now for a guy on the wrong side of 30? I mean, if that's the case, then, you know, why not just sign Odell? Why not right. just sign, you know, any old 30 plus receiver? Yeah. It I just, mean, look at that. seriously, look at how good T.Y. Hilton did with Dallas. T.Y. Hilton was actually pretty impressive. He didn't, get, he didn't make any money. They never give out anything to give him. So those guys are out there. But you you got to also look at Isaiah Hodgins is coming back. And he he may oh, not be yeah. number one, but he's definitely a solid commodity. He's got good reports. Oh, yeah. And you also have to look at a guy like Wandale Robinson, who – Started to really produce before he got hurt. And obviously, Shane and Dable thought enough of him to take him with their second-round pick. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of talent there. So you do have a, a couple of pieces. It would be nice to have a pure number one receiver. But like I said, there's a lot of good receivers in this draft. I, I like Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. I, I mean, I love uh, Quinton Johnson. He's not going to fall to us. He's falling down mocks. I mean, is it, Well, Quinton Johnson is a guy I would love. Um Addison's a guy I love. Mario Williams, Marvin Mims, Jalen Hyatt. There, there's a lot of good that the kid from there, yeah. Ohio State, who I can never say his name. Uh, yeah, JSN. Yes. JSN. So there's a lot of good, and, and you know, there's going to be quarterbacks taken and linemen and linebackers. I think that I think the Giants, where they pick a 25th, I think they could get an absolutely solid wide receiver with that pick okay. if, if that's the route they chose to go. So, All right, so I'd rather do it that way than. Again, because we're not talking about being one wide receiver away from winning right. a championship. A.J. Brown's in his prime going to Philadelphia. DeAndre Hopkins, even though he's really good, is getting out of his prime. So yeah, I, I'd rather take a young guy in a rookie contract. You know, Yeah, I'm willing to make a trade, but it's got to make sense. It's right. got, you know, ideally yeah. it's a younger guy, um, ideally, but it's got to make sense. I'm not moving heaven and earth to get a guy. I, I realize this is a multi-year process. It's not going to just yeah. be fixed in one year. And Joe Stink kind of said that. One, I don't remember who asked and they could, And they could get by probably. I mean, it would be nice to have a legitimate one receiver, but as long as they have consistency with these other guys – and they, and they showed that they could, you know, that they could. They're going to add. They're going to add a receiver. It's oh, just, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, the free agent class right now is. Uh... Yeah, one one of your colleagues asked Shane about the number one wide receiver, and he basically said, well, "Listen, we know it's a need. I'd love a number one wide receiver, but there's a lot of number one wide receivers sitting home right now. There's other aspects of this football team we need to improve." Um, yep. So that to me was him saying, "Sure, if the right opportunity presents itself, we'll do it." But we're not going to force but it. We also realize we need yeah. the line, linebacker, cornerback, everywhere on this team. So I think Joe Shane's mission going into this draft and the offseason overall, but mainly the draft, just get me the best football player on my draft board. Because I realize I have needs at every position. Yeah, um, that's probably what they would do is take BPA. Yeah, I don't think – if it's close, they'll probably go receiver. 
But if there's like a linebacker significantly higher on their board, they're going to take the linebacker or they're going to take the center. If the center is significantly higher, he's going to take the best player on his board. That's what Absolutely. he's going to do. Which is the way to do it. All right. Now, speaking of the draft, let me let me put this one to you. The Giants have the 25th pick in the, in the first round because Miami forfeited. So given where they're drafting, would you tra- consider trading down to pick up more picks? Yes. Since, since yeah, you know, absolutely. So if they feel that they can get one of the players that they want and trade back, I mean, the Patriots did it for years. So there's nothing, again, we talked about building through the draft and, and what better way to do that by getting more draft picks. The more draft picks you have, the more percentage, you know, the higher percentage you have to hit on one of them. So if you can get 14 draft picks instead of 11 or get future draft picks for next year, that always works too because you don't know what comes in next year. Maybe you need those draft picks next year to trade up and get somebody you like. So yes. there's never anything wrong with getting extra draft capital, especially when you're in the situation that the Giants are in. And that's why being able to sign your own guys is really important because then you can play around with the draft and say, okay, you know, we feel like there's three other guys back here that we can get at 32. Yeah, and right. we'll take an extra couple of second rounders or whatever it would take to move up eight spot. I don't know what the the position right. of the, like the pick value there's some scale but i don't know what it is so if they can go back you know get a second rounder for that an extra second rounder or a couple thirds or whatever it's not a bad idea all right so, yeah. amazing guy says but we wouldn't get the 50-year option if we trade out of the first no they wouldn't but shane has said that he would not be against extending guys so maybe you don't even have to go and say, well, you know, we're going to exercise the 50-year option, which is usually a big chunk of change anyway, yeah, and it's okay. guaranteed. So right. if you if you trade out of the, the first round, you can, you know, if a guy works out for you that's a second round, a third round pick, whatever. Yeah, you, you just give him an extension. Him. Right. You extend them and you get the cap number. Instead of being dictated what that cap number is going to be because of the option year and the average that's that's in the league, you now set your cap number. This goes yeah. back to what I was saying about, you know, with the transition tag, why let somebody else or some other factor do your negotiating for you? When right. you that's also it. that's also four years in the future. So you 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 hope that the guy's good enough where you would consider giving him a fifth year tag. But you that guy's got to be productive for years. And most of the time it doesn't happen. Right. So honest. a lot of times players don't get that fifth year. Like Dexter Lawrence was a steal. Saquon Barkley was a steal. $7.2 million for Saquon Barkley for the option. Would have made no sense not to do it. And same thing with Dexter Lawrence. It made no sense yeah. not to do it. Uh, but Daniel Jones, again, I would think it was $23 million, And a lot of people are like, oh, that was a mistake. But again, like Chris said, you know, people get on our case about well, how did you not believe in Daniel Jones? And like we said, our own GM had his questions. Or they would have said $23 million done. And let me, uh, and let me ask you, let me ask you, Patty. Let's say the Giants did that. Let's say, which they were never going to do. But let's just say they did it for the people that argue that that was a mistake not to do it now in hindsight. You're talking about uh, picking Give up the $23 the million dollars before the year started. Daniel Jones. Okay. You don't think Daniel Jones' agent after the year he had this year would have been like, he's not playing on that? Of course he would have been. He would have forced the Giants to give him the, an extension anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was never going to work. Like, he, he, there's no – the fifth-year option for Daniel Jones never made any sense from the, uh, the standpoint for the New York Giants. It, it, it didn't for, – for many reasons, not just for the money because, you know, again, the Giants – the cap space was was bad. And mm, once yeah. you give that fifth-year option, it is guaranteed. It's not, okay, it's going to be guaranteed next next year. It's guaranteed the second you apply it. Plus, he right. was coming off an injury, major injury. He was coming right. off neck of injury. a neck injury, yeah. which at the time they didn't know 
you know, how he was going to be. I don't think he, he was fully cleared until March, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah, yeah. it was a while. All right. And they had a new system, you know, a new coach. They, they just wanted to see how things worked out. So I had no problem with them turning down that, that 50 year option for him. I figured Dexter Lawrence made more sense. It was a cheaper option. You know, they, he had never missed a game. I, it just, it made too much sense to, you know, not to do it the way that the Giants did it. Yeah. And, and again, your quarterback is going to cost a lot more money. So, sure. you know, a defensive tackle, you know, it's, it's important, but it's not as important as a, as a quarterback. So, you know, they just went into the season saying, hey, listen, we're going to take a look and see if Daniel Jones is our guy. Because, again, they had no allegiance to Daniel Jones. They didn't draft Daniel Jones. So if he had a, a year like he did in 2021 where he battled injury, he was turning the ball over, and he wasn't really productive, they would have said, okay, now we're going to – now we're going to." and the Giants would have had a poor year on top of it. If Daniel Jones didn't play well, and Chris and I talked about this at the beginning yeah. of the year, if Daniel Jones had a bad year, the Giants were going to have a bad year. And then they were going to be able to get a quarterback because they probably would have been drafting in the top 10. But if Jones had a good year, we talk about all the time, the Giants are going to go as far as Daniel Jones takes him. And Daniel Jones would have to have a winning season and get in the, get in the playoffs in order mm-hmm. to get an extension, which is exactly for them to offer him a contract, which is exactly what he did. So he proved that he could do it. They said he did everything they asked him to do. He took a major step forward. I felt like he grew in the pocket as, as, you know, his awareness got better, his maturity, his comments, everything that you wanted to see maybe a couple of years ago. I did because I'm impatient. I'm just, it's just the way I am as a human being. And it has nothing to do with the Giants. I'm just an impatient fellow. Um, so I wanted him to see that step quicker because in this day and age, it's what have you done for me lately? And we see these young quarterbacks come in and, and be Josh Allen and be, Pat Mahomes in their second year and winning Super Bowls. And we're like, why ain't that our guy? But yeah. sometimes it takes guys a little bit longer. I should know better than anybody. I grew up in the Phil Sims era. It took him five years to develop. He yeah. didn't develop until 1984. And same with the, uh, Eli Manning, although he was throwing a lot of touchdowns, he turned them all over a lot uh, early in his career. And even in 2007, he led the league in interceptions. Won a Super Bowl, things were, hey, look at Eli. So... Um, it, it made sense the way it worked out. And I think it's going to work out for everybody. It works out for Daniel Jones. He doesn't have to play for $23 million. He's going to get paid more, whether that's with the Giants or somebody else. And Shannon Dable said, we got our quarterback and we want to keep him here. That way we don't have to address it in the draft. We can go in other positions that we need. So I, I it, it's a good move. These guys, to me, like I said, they're young. They have 21st century analytical minds and they're smart. They're football smart. So I'm going to, whatever they do, well, I don't. Jones is back. Great. If he's not, they they decide they want to go somewhere else. I'm not going to kill these guys. Same thing I say going Barkley. I'm going to say I believe in what they're doing. They have a direction. They know what they want to do. We got to give them time to develop their plan, their system, and, and get their players in here. And if they want to build around Daniel Jones, awesome. And if they can't work something out, and they say, "Sorry, man. You know, another team wants to give you forty million a year. We're not doing it." I got to believe in what you know they they think. Until such time when they prove that they're, you know, they're not in it or, you know, they make bad decisions. So far, so good with Shane. I mean, the mere fact, I was quite a surprise, you know, pro football writer um, awards were announced. Uh, I don't think uh, Shane, was it pro football? See, there's so many postseason awards now, but Shane did not get executive of the year. I think Howie Roseman got it. And considering what Shane had to work with cap wise, I thought he did a brilliant job. I mean, he, he did, never he touched did. that Kenny Galladay contract. 
He did a really good job, but I don't think I would have given him executive of the year either. You he did a really good job. He did Roseman? everything I wanted him to do. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would have given it to Roseman ahead of Shane. Yeah, Ro- Roseman's the gold standard. I've said it time and again. I hate to give the Eagles credit, but you know, you got Brandon Brown from that that tree. Right. So I'm curious to see that, you know, that's why I've been doing a lot of studying on not only how the Bills structure contracts, but also how the Eagles have done it. Because you know there's going to be elements that maybe the Giants weren't doing in the past that are going to blend together on these contracts moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dable won coach of the year, though. Well-deserved. Yes, he, from yeah. pro football writers. Yeah. I voted and, for him. And, I'm not ashamed to admit it. And Barkley's uh, a finalist for comeback player of the year. One of the Barkley, three I voted for, you, you know. Geno Smith in there? On the list, yeah, Geno Smith. I, I, I made it Barkley. Because, you know, Geno Smith, I think, was on the list. And I'm like, you know, good for Geno. But Barkley had to overcome a little bit more, I think. I think yeah. I think it was um, Gino, uh, McCaffrey, and Barkley. Those are the three finals. Yeah, I I went with Barkley. I, yeah, I think not? Barkley had to overcome a little bit more than those other guys. But how about Nick Gates? I you know he wasn't on. I don't recall him being on the ballot. Should have been. Should have been is right. Absolutely should have been. But you know what? Like like I said, Nick Nick is so chill and so you know laid back. He's like yeah you know. I don't think it bothered him that he wasn't up for oh, you can tell off, you know. off the field. He's chilled and laid back, but on the field, someone hits his quarterback. He's the first guy there. He's, he's, he's the, the first guy there. I've, I've, I've told, I've also told you the story. He's the first guy. Like, like if he sees something in the locker room, like I'll never forget one time, um, somebody knocked into me and I almost fell backwards and I thought he was going to jump down the person's throat. And I'm like, it's, it was an accident, Nick. It's okay. And he's like, that, that guy hit you. I'm like, no, Nick, it was an accident. It's okay. I'm all right, you know? So if he likes you, he'll, 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 he's got your back. Just just a terrific, terrific person. Yeah. Can't say enough about him. And again, those of you who joined the, the chat late, check out my interview with Nick. Uh, unfortunately, we had to do it via phone with him. So I'm the only one appearing on video. Um, I think he had a bit of a cold, which is maybe why he didn't come on camera. I'm, I'm not sure. I He sounded like he had a cold, but... Still a good interview, I thought, and and just you know a terrific guy. I hope he comes back, but I don't know if he is. So I hope so. I like. I, I, like I hope so too. So all right. So we've been talking about uh, Saquon. We've been talking about Daniel. When we talk about uh, free agencies, let's talk about some of these other guys. Um, Julian Love, I think, is a guy they definitely want to get back. Um, who are some of the other guys? And there's a list on over the cap. Uh, a free agency. Well, Slayton, I Slayton. I don't know if you mentioned him. He's he's I, one. You, you, think, you, think, you think Slayton comes? I'm, I'm talking no, about. I, guys no, I don't. No, no, no. I'm just I'm listing the free agents. I don't think Slayton's coming back. I actually, or, I, I, I have the list right here. Okay, I yeah. List, I just I, put the the list on uh on okay. uh the screen there. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I put the the link. I should I should say. But um, all right, so you Saquon Daniel. I don't know that Gates comes back. I think Feliciano is going to come back because um, I think what the plan is there, and this is just the impression I got, is bring back Feliciano because he's a you know, and just if they could draft a center for the long term, you know, have Feliciano kind of keep that seat warm. Uh, I keep hoping Gates comes back, but I did not get that impression at all. Shepard, I know, would like to come back. And I could see them maybe giving him, you know, like sort sort of like what they did with Mario Manningham a a few years ago, give him an opportunity to come back and compete 
And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I know some people are like, oh, enough with Shepard. He's always hurt, but they like him. They like him in the building. He's been a positive influence and he's been coaching those guys up behind the scene, doing everything he can that he's allowed to do when he was on, uh, you know, being on IR. Yeah. And he's probably not going to have much of a market anyway. So no, not, not, not coming off that, that ACL. And he knows it. He knows it too. You know, Justin Ellis, I would move on from him. Matt Breida. Let's see. You know what? I wouldn't be, I would not be unhappy if they brought Matt Breida back. I I mean, if it was for a cheap deal, why not? I'd bring him back. Yeah, I would. I I think if, if if it was a minimum deal, I would bring him back. Jihad Ward, I think he comes back as long as uh, Wink Martindale is here. Jihad Ward is going to be here because they he loves them. Yeah, Casey Kreider, the long snapper. I might consider moving on from him. I thought so, at times some of his snaps were slow and low, and they kind of, I don't know. I I just think that the the snaps didn't look crisp to me all the time so maybe i don't know you move on from him yeah i mean i either way i don't think it's going to affect the cap too much one way or the other right right you know so it's it's kind of if if he's your preference stick with him if he's not you you replace him for another all right some other guys we got landon collins who i have a feeling is not going to be back i'd love to see him back but i don't know that he comes back yeah nicholas williams they're going to move on from tony jefferson possibly comes back i think he will come back I, I, th- I think he will as well. Again, a wink, a wink. Uh, yeah. Richie James, I think, will get another shot. Jamie Gillen. No. <laughs> I, if he comes back, they better bring in competition for him. I'm sorry. You're, and by the way. Patty, you're telling me they can't find a guy in the draft in the seventh round better than him? Come on. Or or an, or, or an undrafted uh, free agent. By the way, you know, before I go through the rest of the list, while we're on the subject of special teams, would you bring back Thomas McGahee? If you're Dable, given how the special teams have kind of had struggles, I would. I mean, I like T Mac. Don't get me wrong, but this is. And I don't, and I don't think it's his fault, by the way. Lawrence. Well, Tynes I don't either. This, yeah, Lawrence Times brought this point up, and it was a really good one. Because of how depleted this roster is, it's affected the special teams. Because now mm-hmm. you've asked the special teams guys to play with the ones, and it's affected their playing special teams. So I don't necessarily think it's his fault, but this special teams unit as a whole. It was weak. The last couple of years. It, it hasn't just yeah. been this year. It's been the last couple of years. So. Outside of Gano, uh, yeah. right. our, our kick coverage and punt coverage is terrible. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, our return I'm, game is terrible. And um, the punter is horrible. I, I mean, we haven't had a good punter in years. Yeah, I, I'm I'm wondering if maybe it changes there. I, I, I really – I think there know, should be. I I wonder if there will be. Let's, let's put it to you this way. I just – just a vibe I tend to pick up. But anyway, getting back to the list here of free agents. Marcus Johnson, receiver. Probably I don't not. know. I, I mean, if Colin John, if Colin Johnson's healthy, maybe. Oh, Colin like, Johnson, yes. You you swap him out, you know? No. Jared Davis. That, that's a guy that they wanted desperately. I would I would give Jared Davis another shot. Yeah. I like Jared Davis from what I've seen so far. And they yeah, I, I think, you know, they, they tried to rush him into the defense. And I questioned how. Um, comfortable. I think I think those like late season signings were as much for right. next year as they are for this year. Like Isaiah right. Hodgins, Davis, the dude they Washington, the receiver, the former Steeler. Like I think that was a next year move. So right, right. I, I think Davis will be back. Um. All right. Let's see. Fabian Moreau. 
I think you got to draft some cornerbacks here. Would you be adverse though to bringing? I'd bring him back on like a really cheap salary. If he could get anything decent, I'd let him go. Jalen Smith. No, go on. Yeah, yeah. Slayton. If it's cheap, yes, but I don't think it will be. So gone. Yeah, I I think Slayton's going to be one of the leading receivers in a weak receiver free agency market. All right, Henry Mondo is an RFA. Um, who by I don't think they're going to tender you know many of their RFAs. I think they just have maybe one or two because it's going to cost way too much. What, to what is, um, I'm looking at the same list as you, I think, because you're reading it off as I as I'm seeing it. Yeah. What does ERFA mean? Exclusive rights. So that means they they they're that means back. the Giants can sign them to to like a you know a cheap deal. That's what Hodges. Salary, so Hodges is salary, yeah. So you figure yeah. Hodgins will be back. So the only other two UFAs are are Zimenez. Would you bring Zimenez back? I think I might move on from him. Yeah, I'd, move on. I'd move on. He played okay for us early on, but I'd right. Move on. But he kind of fell off. And then of course Julian Love, who I think I think you know they definitely bring back. I don't know if they de- well. You know better than me. I don't know if they definitely bring him back. I think there's a certain market that they wouldn't exceed. But if he fits the right the range, I think he'll be back. I think they want him back. I definitely think they want now, him. Back. Does Julie, you know, I think Julian wants to come back, but if he hits the market, and I have a feeling he will to test the market. He should. If he gets an offer from like Chicago, which is where he's from, I could see him jumping on it. Yeah. I mean, like, what would you, what would be your max for love on a per year basis? I say between like eight or nine. That's like my max for him. Yeah. That's, that sounds about right. Like, if, so like if Chicago comes with 10 or 11, I, I, I let him go. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, Julian, but. I get my comp pick and sign Yeah, on. yeah. So, I as mean. Much I like them, but. Yeah. I like like she said, there's a walkaway price for these players. You have to have a walkaway price. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, That's you know, business. you can't let them hold you, you up. You can't let feelings get in the way of, the, of this. You're, you're Again, this is why I'm not a player guy. I'm a team guy. Players come and go. And the Giants, you know, this logo is forever. I've seen thousands of players from, I mean, not that, well, maybe thousands of players in my 40 years of watching football come and go. I always say, listen, I watched Lawrence Taylor leave. So if I can see Lawrence Taylor have to retire and, and not be a giant anymore, I, I don't need to get attached. I also saw Eli Manning retire and Michael Strahan. I saw some of the best players ever retire and not be giants anymore. So if I can get over them not playing with the giants anymore, that's anybody. I can get over anybody. Yeah. Not playing. I root for the laundry. I, I don't root for the play. I root for the player wearing the laundry. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Xavier McKinney, right? He's my favorite giant. If he was playing for the Eagles, I am rooting for, I didn't root for James Bradbury over there. Not that I dislike James Bradbury when he was here, but you go wear that Eagle, that disgusting booger green crap <laughs> that they wear in Philadelphia. I ain't rooting for you. So. Tell us how you really feel about the Eagles, though. Oh, God, I can't. <laughs> uh, there, might you know, be, there might be children watching. I can't really tell you what I... <laughs> All right. You know, you brought up Xavier McKinney, which leads me to the next question I would ask you. Um, Shane talked about potentially extending some guys who still have a little bit of time left on their rookie deals. Dexter Lawrence comes to mind. All right. So now, some other guys that are coming to the end of their rookie deals, Andrew Thomas, McKinney, um, they're going to be eligible to be uh, extended. Would you do those guys now? Or would you wait? I mean, I think Lawrence, they're going to, if I had to guess. Yeah. I, the, the, the same thing I said about Jones, I think it's going to be the same thing with Lawrence. Like, yes, they extended Lawrence on the fifth year option before the year started, but now he's 
far exceeded that. Like mm-hmm. he's he's worth over twenty million dollars a year right now. You know, based off the market at his position, he's going to be paid as the highest paid defensive tackle when he hits free agency. So I don't know how in good faith his agent could be like, yeah, Dex, you should play on a one year commitment for ten million dollars when you could get well, like seven. Yeah, it's ten million guaranteed. But if he gets hurt, like right yeah. now, if he was a free agent, he'd make like seventy or eighty guaranteed. And right. it would be like, you know, so like, I don't, I, I think they're going to have to extend Dexter Lawrence this offseason at some point, if I had to guess. Yeah. Andrew Thomas, I think they could wait a year. Yeah. Because they could, they could give him a fifth year option. So they yeah. could. McKinney so, doesn't yeah. have that option because he's a second rounder. So maybe, maybe you look at doing something with him too. Yeah. I, I, I think they're going to extend Dex. And I think they'll probably wait one more year on Thomas before they extend. And him. I, and if I'm them, I wait on um, McKinney because McKinney's. St- Spoke about he's going to be around this uh, this uh, off season, continuing rehabbing that hand. So that just tells you that that hand wasn't you know 100%. in good shape. It, it, well, he had to wear a splint, so it couldn't have been a hundred percent. So I would wait to see how that hand comes through with additional rehab and stuff. His whole thing was 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 I think the grip strength because I don't know if you saw the article. Uh, I know Steve Serby had an article with the actual X rays and everything. That hand was really messed up. Yeah, I saw the picture. I mean, that was bad. Yeah. So, bad. you know, and 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 you want your guy to be – because basically he's got to tackle now with one hand. I mean, so I, if I'm the Giants, I wait on him. I'd probably wait on Andrew Thomas. But I'll tell you what, if Andrew Thomas plays well again next year, oh. midway through, yeah. I would to get him done. I would extend him now if I could. Like, I, I, you got I, yeah, because their value, the cap goes up, which means their yeah. contracts go up. So if you get right. it now, yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing. You mentioned the cap. You know, the, the Amazon money, I believe, is going to kick in. Not this year. I think it kicks in next year. So the cap this year per over the cap is projected at 225. In 2024, it's going to jump up to 256. Wow. And then it's going to jump. And then in 2025, it jumps up to 282. And then Projected for 2026, we're looking at over 308 million. So that's so we're Jones talking huge jumps because now the TV money's kicking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's going to be plenty of time, you know, and and, and there's only so much you can do, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they'll they'll get it done. I mean, if as long as these guys continue playing at a, at a high enough level, and then you know, of course, you're going to have new guys coming in. And the rule for those who don't know is you can renegotiate draft picks after three years and on their rookie deals. You have to wait at least three years. Yeah. So for those of you who are like, well, what, what about Kayvon or, or Evan Neal or you know this guy? Got to wait three years. Yeah. Can't can't just jump right in there. Yeah, so the re- the reason why I don't think they'll extend Thomas now is because I don't think they're going to want. I could be wrong. They might. But I don't think they're going to want Thomas and Dexter Lawrence on the same exact cycle. Like, if they're going to su- yeah. extend two supremely high-priced players, they'd probably rather them be on a, diff- a separate year apart from one another. Like, that. that's why Which I think they'll probably wait sense. a year on Thomas. Yeah, I think they'll wait a year on Thomas. Which would absolutely make sense. All right. Now, speaking of cap and money, let's take a look at the salary cap for a second. Again, I'm not going to go too deep into it. But I, every year what I do is I take a look at what I call the salary cap health of the Giants. In other words, how many contracts do they have that are $10 million and above? So this year they're in pretty decent shape, okay? Andrew Thomas at 10.2, he's, he's number five. Dexter Lawrence at 12.407, I think they're going to lower that number. 
Adoree Jackson is at 19, his cap number. Then you've got Galladay. That contract is going to get trimmed. And then Leonard, 32.26. That's the big one. That's the one that that one's got to get get knocked down. Maybe they could stretch out his contract and get that. I I think an extension. I think an extension is coming for him. Well, they don't want to be here, so I, I think that they'll be able to work with him. Do you think, do you like, do? He, he's a little bit older now. Do you think it's, like, possible? Because his original contract was three uh, three years, 60. It was it was $21 million a year. It was three years, $63 million. It, You think they could get him for, say, three for 54? I know the market's gone up, but he's old. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this before we talk about money. He had some injury issues last year, which he powered through, and yeah. again this year. The next year. Yeah. up there in age. I think that he just finished his ninth season. Yeah. How much... Do you so wanna, maybe you get him for three for fifty. I don't know. Yeah, if, if you can get say for, you don't want to, you don't want to spend a ton of money on him. But if you can get that number down, ideally, well, yeah, because if it's a three year extension, if you own thirty two and it, it, you could get it down to like twenty million dollars a year on average. If you could get him for like a fifteen million dollar extension, so right, that's what I think they're looking at. Maybe a contract you could get out after after the third year instead of the fourth. Right. You could do that. You could give yourself ten to twelve more million dollars on this year's cap space. Absolutely. Now, what would you do with the Dory Jackson's contract? I pro- I would consider extending him if he was willing Dory's to give. Dory's at 19.076. He's got an 11 million base salary. Uh, he's got a roster bonus coming in per game of 1 million, which is kind of interesting. Uh, actually, let me pull up the whole deal here. Let me take a look at this. Yeah, he's got per game roster bonuses of 1 million. By the way, they're going to get a cap credit on him for the games he missed. Um, this past year. So that's that's why when you guys ask me about how much cap space are they going to have if they do this, this, and this, the offseason accounting has to be done. So there's going to be a cap credit there for sure. Now, Adori also has a two, he has two million guaranteed as of March 20th. Two million of his base salary becomes guaranteed. Do you look to lower that number knowing that he has avoidable year in 2024? I, if it was me, I think I would just let him play out the year and then let him go after that. If it was me, uh, knowing that we're going to have to draft a cornerback very early in this yeah. year's draft or next year's draft, because um, you, you got to prioritize. Like, there's a, you have to. He's a guy that kind of gets hurt. He's going to be like 27, 28 by the time he's a free agent after this next contract. I think I'd let him walk after this year. I think I'd let him play out the year. I wouldn't touch his contract. And then I might draft his replacement in the first round this year if I like a cornerback. So mm-hmm. I think that's what I would do. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. You know, so uh, again, the the the, contra- the cap health of the Giants right now. The t- I look at the top five, then I go to the top. Th- it's it's actually in, in decent shape. You know, the Galladay contract, they're going to get rid of that one. Although. Mm. That one's going to cost them a lot. They're they're going to have to eat fourteen point seven million. You think they'll cut them post June one, so they split. Well, it up? that would make more sense to do because then the savings is thirteen point five versus um what would it be pre June? Uh, it would seven. be six point seven right. pre June. So the the drawback is is if you cut them post move it into the next season, right? Right. You you're going to have seven point nine million in dead money this year, and then the rest of it gets dumped into the following year. And I found this out. I, di- I didn't realize this, but uh, Kenny Galladay, his uh, roster bonus um, that he's due is guaranteed. So regardless of what they do, he's going to get $4.5 million from the Giants 
um, as of March 19th. That is guaranteed. Mm. So that's what I was talking about earlier with fully guaranteed versus guaranteed at signing. Mm. Man, what a bad contract that was. Is horrible. The problem with that whole offseason, and listen, we were all excited as fans when they did it. we, We were finally trying to win. But it compounded it made it made contracts that were once not bad horrible because you had to backload everything you had to backload Bradbury's contract you had to backload uh Martinez's contract you had to backload Logan Ryan's contract like all the contracts had to be backloaded just to make room for Kenny Galladay and Adore Jackson and you even backloaded those contracts so it just made yeah. the cap situation so bad well, Giants, like Dave was, Dave was a good scout but not good with the not good with the, the cap no yeah. I mean Gettleman, you know, he came up with some good draft picks for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But free agency was a problem for him. Yeah. With, with a couple of exceptions, you know, Gano comes to mind. Right. And the your salary boy, your cap boy Nick Gates, comes to mind. Nick Gates. Nick Gates comes to mind. But the salary cap management, wow. Yeah, it was Oof. rough. It was yeah. rough. And, you know, it was like I, I kept saying when they were going through free agency, I said, what are they doing? They're, they're, they're just printing money. You know, that's what it seemed like. They were stretching out all these contracts. And I kept saying to, to somebody, I said, the Giants are going to be in cap hell in 2022 if they, they keep doing this. Yeah. yeah that's where we were. But credit to Shane. He cleaned it up fast because. Yes, he did. This year. And when he you didn't you have know, to touch an holiday's contract. Yeah. Like this year, we're going to have at least 70 mil. I think after draft expenses, especially if they could stretch out the Leo. And then you'll use that to keep Jones and, and you know, do what you got to do. But then the following year, I mean, it's so clear. Like, I looked at it. We got like $200 million right now in cap space. Yeah. Now, that's before Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley and all that. But but we have a very healthy cap situation now. Yes, Joe much Shane better a, than this past year. Joe Shane did a very good job with that. Oh, yeah. and, and the fact that he didn't touch Galladay's contract and make more money? No. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's amazing what he did walking the tightrope with the finances he had. Uh, just being able to fill the team. I mean – if I'm not mistaken, and I usually am, so I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Were we in such cap hell last year that we couldn't even field a full team? Yeah. Were we like a roster yes, spot short? Right. We could not pay yeah. all the players? At the, end of the year, at the end of the year, That's how much- and I went and I looked that up. And matter of fact, I think I'm, I tweeted that. Yeah. And it went viral, that tweet, because I went and I looked it up. And because I know what, what the difference is, you know, to bring up a player from from the, the practice squad, they had to go with 51 players at one point yep. because they did not have enough money. Right. And I, I, and I've never seen that. Before. That's how bad. I, that's I how bad. What Shane, what Shane and Brandon Brown did this year. I mean, truly Brilliant. remarkable. That's why you, you just looking at what they were brought into the situation and they're brought in late. They're brought in in January. So again, it's not like they were, with the Bills and Brandon Browns with the Eagles, and they're sitting there going, all right, let's look at what the Giants need. Right, they came right. in here and said, there you go. Here, You got no cap space. These are your players. Do something with it. And not only were they able to, like you said, not touch Kenny Galladay's contract, not backload other bad contracts to make well, they have a couple million to carry over. They got to the playoffs and won a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> so Incredible. They have some money to carry over. And like I said, there's going to be some – credits they're going to get from guys that didn't hit incentives or what whatnot so not bad all things considered but next no. year this year when i say next year obviously the league year starts on on march 15th so it's technically next year going to be a heck of a lot better 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the possibilities are going to be endless. So, and you got two uh, draft the, picks. You got two comp yeah. picks, too. Factor yeah. that. That's coming, too. Absolutely. With Evan Ingram. All right, guys, I got to take my last commercial break. When we come back, if you guys have questions, I know we haven't gotten to your questions in the chat room. Post your questions. We'll get to them. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Giant fans, playing daily fantasy based on player projections has never been easier when you visit pricepicks.com. Pick two to six players, and if they go on to score more or less than their price picks projection, you will win up to 25 times the amount of your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada, and they offer projections on every sport. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and Price Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. Download the Price Picks app today or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. With the promo code locked on. Don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign up. Hey, Giant fans, in case you didn't know, I'm on social media. You probably know that I'm on Twitter. My handle is at Patricia underscore Traina, T R A I N A. But I'm also on Instagram. You can check me out at Patty Traina, P A T T I T R A I N A. And the Locked On Giants podcast also has its a brand new Instagram account that's Locked On Giants at Locked On Giants. We're posting pictures, quotes, stats, news bits, video clips, audio clips, all kinds of cool things. You'll want to check that out. Give us a like and a follow, not just here on the YouTube page, but also follow us on Instagram. Again, the Locked On Giants account is at Locked On Giants. And my overall football account that I use is at Patty, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. Please give me a follow. And thank you so much for your support of the Locked on Giants podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Locked on Giants Live, training, training, and dog. And we are going to take some of your questions now. We haven't, and I apologize. We got, we had so much to talk about moving forward and stuff. And uh, so we had to, we had to get to that stuff. So hopefully you're enjoying the, the, uh, Locked on Giants live stream. And let's start getting some of your questions in, shall we? All right. Um, amazing guy wants to know, should the Giants bring in Joe Philbin to help with the O-line? They have Tony Sperano and Bobby Johnson. So I don't know if they need another guy at this point. You don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen, I would right. think. That ruined, that ruined Washington when Joe Gibbs came back. They, yeah. they had like 40 coaches. And, and I think we had too many coaches when Joe Judge was here too. Yeah. So you get too many guys, you know, chirping in somebody's ear. Hey, do it this way. Do it this way. It can lead to confusion, I think. There's going to be a lot of miscommunication when you have so many, like I said, too many cooks spoil the pot. So yeah, I don't know how many. I, I don't think it's the fact that these guys aren't good coaches. I just think that the offensive line just doesn't well, have remember, talent in the interior part of it. How many offensive line coaches did they have last year? They had uh, Rob Sale. I think Pat yeah. Flaherty helped out. Wasn't there another guy? I think there was another guy. They had three last year. Yeah. And how did that work out? Right. And, and they, then, had, then, they had Columbo the year Judge, before, and he got fired in the middle of the year. Yeah, and then Joe Judge was getting involved. So, yep. yeah, I I would just stick with Bobby Johnson and, and Sperano. No reason to, to bring in another guy, I think, at this point. So, all right, Sar, Sarkhan asked, what position is most important to draft in round one? Best player available. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I don't think you can go in and say, I got to have a receiver in round one uh, and a center, a center in round two. Right. You start doing that. Yeah, I, I think it's a little. Not the least, way to go. At least my philosophy, my, what I think is when you're picking really early in the draft, you measure need a little bit more. Like you're like, because because when you're picking fourth, fifth, what we've been accustomed to, all the players up there are elite players. They're so supposed like, to be. Yeah. They're so elite like you, talents. Yeah. So if, if your biggest need is an elite tackle and maybe you have the edge rusher like slightly above them, you go with the tackle. But when you're picking 25, take the best. Take the best player on your board at an at, at a at a need on your football team. Right. Yeah. Like if you don't need a quarterback, but he's the best player on your board, you don't take a quarterback. But right. you 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 analyze going in, you say, okay, there's a lot of really important positions we have needs at. We need a corner, we need we need a linebacker, we yes, need a uh-huh. center. And we need a wide receiver. Yeah. You you look at those four needs. You say, okay, this player is much higher on my board than the other position. I'm taking the center because he's 10 spots higher than anyone else. So I think you go BPA. You go BPA, especially as you get later into the first round. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, and you just got to see how it steps up. And then you also want to see how free agency plays out too, I think. So, yeah, yeah, take that into consideration. All right, Jordan Samedi. Any theories on the Giants' water going out on the day of the Eagles game? Jordan, you know, not for nothing, but that was much ado about nothing, that story. What happened was, and what I was told is that the Giants were in meetings at the time when the pipe burst, and they fixed it, the pipe. They got the water back up and running fairly quickly. So worst case, I think some, got, some people weren't able to take morning showers, and they had to wait. So you so so they had to wait a couple of hours. It wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, I don't think that had anything to do with them pounding us into the turf. No. I'm gonna blame it on that bed, though. I'm blaming it. Yeah, on that. Okay, I, I, for <laughs> what I'm not going to do, I'm just going I'm to kidding. say they were better by a lot. I mean, that, that makes my stomach turn to say that, but much that's better. what happened. I that's by the way, happened. bad dog. I I I was. I was thinking of you throughout that game. I said, oh, my God, I hope he's not headed for the It was bridge. just so – you know, I wasn't mad. It was just – it was, that was a disappointing game because it was such a fun season. And and we had oh, high yeah. hopes. You know, we we had high hopes going into that game. We were playing our best football. They had kind of fallen off. We really felt like – at least I really felt like we had an opportunity to win. And – just there was a couple of plays at the beginning of that game, the the soft zone on third and three, where you know you're playing eight yards off AJ Brown. I'm like, I don't understand what the conservative nature is. The I offense looked conservative. They almost looked overwhelmed, and I'm like, yeah. where's the go for broke attitude against this team? And then of course, you know, the, the fourth down. I didn't quite understand that. We had third and three. If you're gonna go for it on fourth down, run on third and three. Daniel Jones gets sacked. Okay, well that sucks. Punt. Instead, they go for it in fourth and eight. Then the Eagles have really good field position. They go down and score again, and that was it. If we were going to win, we had to get off to a good start. We discussed that last week. We got off to a terrible start. They got off to a good start. Good night, Irene. And we, we were never in. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't understand that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I kind of did, but yeah, it just, it, it, it's hard for me to like. It's hard for me to like pin it on any one individual because we it didn't matter who the coach was for that game we were going to get killed because yeah like, we, we we got out talented we got destroyed yeah. in the trenches destroyed yeah. but I will yeah. say and I love Dable he did not have his best game no and no. that's why you get in the postseason you learn he learns yeah. from that and yeah he'll be better next time 
So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Scott Young asks, I heard on fan today, they mentioned the Giants have the third toughest schedule for next season. How is that determined? It's called strength of schedule. So what basically they do is they add up what all the opponents did and they get a cumulative one loss record. And then they, they, what's the percentage, you know, of games won. So that's how I think they determine that. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why that. And I, and I, and that well, Cause we're playing the AFC East, which was a great division. And we're playing, and we're the playing AFC West. our division. Yes. Right. Who this year beat up on a softer schedule. And the AFC East was very good. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. NFC West was very good. And we play all those divisions. And then we get the Packers because they were third place in the AFC North. We get the Rams, who had an off year. Oh, no, it's because we play the NFC West. Who's the team in the South? We play the Panthers, I Saints. think. Don't we get the Saints? Saints, that's right, yes. So, yeah. so that's like the one – Bad team that we have. Our schedule could go either way, though. I don't. It might not be as hard as we think. It, uh, you don't know. You, yeah, you never really know. Look at last year. Like, oh, Detroit, that's a win. Yeah, like the Where's Cardinals that? could go. Seattle, yeah, that's a win. Nope. If we play the Cardinals the first like eight weeks, they're not going to have Kyler Murray probably. Right. Um, you don't know what and the Rams are going to look like by that because teams are going to improve. They're going to change. I mean, yeah, exactly. The schedule is probably one of the most overrated. You know, quote unquote. Seattle, you're in your league. league. You you don't know either. Like guys can get hurt. You know, you yeah. you're playing the Rams. Okay, well if Matt Stafford gets hurt, I mean, look at what they did. This they did nothing. Right. So right. you just you you never know. San Francisco is going to be tough. I could be the quarterback for San Francisco, and they would be a tough team. That team's loaded. Okay, By the way, I hope question, they kill the Eagles. Like, no matter what, our schedule is going to be ranked as one of the toughest going into next year. Because we play in the NFC Beast. The Eagles, right, the, right. the Eagles are, what, 14 and 3? And the and Cowboys, the Cowboys were, what, 12 and 5? Or maybe even 13 and 4. I think they were 12 and 5. So, like, yep. right there, I mean, that's 26 and 8 combined. Yeah. So, yeah. that alone, we're going to have one of the toughest schedules. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's it's an overrated stat because yeah. teams aren't the same from year to year. Right. So let, let's just see how it comes. Yeah, just like, you just have to look at the Rams. They won a Super Bowl right. and then they were terrible. Right. So. All right. David Healy wants to know what did the Giants do if Wink or Kafka leaves? Who do we get to replace them? Um, if Wink leaves, I'm wondering if maybe they try and promote Drew Wilkins. Although I wonder if Drew would follow Wink wherever he would go. I don't think Wink's uh, going to leave. I'm not worried about it. I don't think he's going to leave either. But, I, you know, one of the – I would say either Drew Wilkins or maybe Jerome Henderson might get the get the bump up. Henderson, if they Kafka seem to leaves, like. Yeah. Here, here's an interesting thing. For those of you who watched the show after the Eagles debacle, they, I had David Turner, a former NFL scout who used to work for the Giants on the program. He came up with an interesting suggestion if Kafka leaves. Okay. And that is – let Dable call the plays for a year. Mm-hmm. Appoint Shea Tierney as your offensive coordinator, but have him kind of serve as a consultant type of role. Mm-hmm. And if with Davis Webb, I, apparently looking to transition to coaching, name Davis Webb your quarterback's coach. And That's just kind of give everybody a year to get settled. Let Dable call the plays for a year. And then, you know, reevaluate where you're at after that. That's exactly what I think they would do. Yeah, I, I I think that that exact scenario. I I think they'd appoint Shea Tierney to be the OC, but I think David would call the plays. That's exactly what yeah. I think they would do. If they I were, can tell you who it won't be. It will not be Doctor Garrett. I can tell you that. <laughs> it will not be Doctor Garrett. He will not be back because no. you want to keep things for Daniel Jones as as consistent, consistent. as you possibly right, can. Exactly. So yes. th- that's what I think. I don't think we're gonna lose Kafka either. I don't. I think I don't. Think I don't he's gonna get a Yeah. I, we'll I know. maybe next year you lose Kafka. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't, I don't think this, I just don't think he has enough experience. I think he did a fantastic job with what he had to work with, 
Um, especially towards the end of the year, you could see this offense is getting better. But I, I just don't think he has the experience yet. Yeah. I think next year, you, next a good, you year, know, if they have we improve again, there, there's a good possibility that we lose. I, I totally agree. All right, Davey Anonymous uh, asked about Bobby Johnson. He says, I think part of Evan Neal's development was on him. He seems inflexible. What do you think? Davey, I don't think he was inflexible. I think, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this until probably I'm blue in the face. I know I've said this before. Evan Neal was not the same after that injury, that knee injury. You could see it in his technique. There were times when he was bending at the waist instead of at the knees. And I question His knees were inflexible. That was the problem. Yeah. I I think that was the problem. And I think he was banged up and to the point where, you know, he had to compensate. So I don't know if it was necessarily Bobby Johnson's doing or anybody's specific doing. I think it was the injury. Because Evan Neal, I think, was fine. And I did I, I did a breakdown on this. I don't remember which article for Giants Country, but I looked at Evan Neal's production before the knee injury and after. And most of the pressures and issues he started having came after he came back from that knee injury. So I know he was healthy enough to play and everything, but nobody's ever. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Thomas rookie year dealt with a foot injury uh, that whole year. And he was, you know, there was questions about, oh, God, did we miss on him again? You know, did we miss there too? But look what he's turned into. And I'm not saying Evan Neal is going to be as good as Andrew Thomas, but I, I think he's going to be a staple here for a long time. I'm certainly not going to give up on him right away because with, you know, being healthy and having it again, getting acclimated to the NFL and the speed and the techniques of these pass rushers and the different defensive schemes and pass rushes and blitzes that they throw at these guys. It's way more complex than college. And these guys are, you know, more athletic, more physical, more gifted, quicker, everything that you want. So you, again, you can look at as much film as you want, but till you're actually in the trenches and you're getting a, uh, you know, a, a glimpse of how fast this game moves. Um, I, I think that goes a long way. So I think his experience will help him. It's tough for a rookie to make that adjustment. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about Neil. I, I, I am, I, I'm not either. Now, maybe he won't be elite. Maybe, hopefully, he will be. But I think he's going to at least be good. And I think there's so, the injury for sure that has to be factored in in terms of his overall evaluation because he was starting to play better. Then he got hurt and he wasn't mm-hmm. didn't look quite the same after he came back. The other thing I think that needs to be factored in is not just Daniel Jones. Every member of that offensive line was playing in a new offensive system, mm. along with the quarterback. Like Daniel Jones, we all know a quarterback is going to struggle his first year trying to pick up an offense. That yep. affects offensive line play as well, especially a rookie, especially a rookie that was not playing right tackle the year before at the collegiate level. So he's right. shifting to the other side. He's playing with a quarterback that it's his first year from within that system, along with everybody else in that offense. Right, and you how many give, guards did he play with? How many, how many different combinations of linemen did we have playing with him? Because we had a bunch of injuries on the line all over the place. You yeah. know, that so doesn't help either. When you don't, you you want you're going to want him to have a solid right guard the whole time, so they can work off one another and build chemistry. But if you constantly are moving pieces in and out of there because of injury or whatever, it's tough to you know these guys got to work together. They got to become a cohesive unit, which is why you want to draft a line and build it together that that's you know because when you have that and those guys can play off one another uh, you know one another and they're used to everybody else and you know they know the strengths and weaknesses and they can you know help each other out it, it goes a long way so I, i'm not worried about it you know i i think he'll be fine spoiler yeah. alert guys 
I'm waiting to hear back, but I may have Eli Manning. I might have Eli Manning on the program next week. One of the questions, if I do get him. Yes. Chris, Chris is like, Eli? yes, yes, Chris, that Eli. <laughs> um, if I do have him on the program, um, I'm one of the questions I want to ask, because Eli went through that as well with the Giants. Remember he, when they, when Gilbride retired, they switched to a different, a totally Macadoo. different system. Yeah. So I want to get his take on that and, and just, you know, what kind of adjustments, because it's not just a matter of, you know, that's a great qu- question. I, I, I think, and, and Eli can, can, you know, certainly share his experience. It's a you know different system than what Daniel had to learn, but it, it's a valid question for a quarterback. And you know, hopefully, like I said, I, I'm I think I have Eli. Gonna, I think he's going to be on Monday. I'm not sure, so it would, we would take Monday for Tuesday. So I'll I'll find out. I mean, I I know I've got a request, and I just got to see if I got a, got approved for it. So, um, but I will ask that question of Eli. So, um, all right. Thigh 66 asks, any buzz in the building regarding uniform changes? Not that I've heard. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're thinking that far ahead. I mean, were they planned for next year? Because I think a lot of it also depends on when games are scheduled. I'm trying to remember when these came out. I feel like these they came come- out before. They came out. Um, I want to say they came spring. out after we took Thibodeau, so it was after the draft. It was, it was in the spring, so it might be a little too early right now. Yeah. So that. Yeah. I, honestly, I think they they should these should be the main jerseys. I love these jerseys. Yeah. I love them. So I, I, I would like them. To I, to I love the eighties uniforms. I mean, yeah. shoot, I grew up on the eighties stuff. Yeah, same so here. I'd be happy. They need you to know, bring, dog, ha- they need to bring the helmet back. Dog. I still can't <laughs> believe that you, you, I mean, you're not, you don't look that, that old. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I know, I'm almost 50 years. So yeah. It's, oh, wow. So you're not yeah. that much younger than I am. No, no, I'm, I'm up there, Patty. I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm, I'm over than Tom Brady. I guess. I What's thought you were younger, so, so you're, I you're my generation. That. But yeah, I, rem- I mean, I remember when they drafted Carl Banks. So that's that's how far back. <laughs> yeah, see, so you could be my little brother. You're about the age of my brother. So. Right, but I'm a Giants fan, so I'm right. You know. So Chris is the baby. Tana's yeah, the baby. Chris is. <laughs> one one thing uh, I constantly hear that people complain about with this uniform is the the helmet shade doesn't match it, but I, that doesn't bother me. Nah, I like the the the, the darker blue helmet shade. Yeah, I like. yeah. But I, like I said, I wish they would put this back on the side of the. I, that I'm, would be I'm great. With you. I, I miss that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, Mark B asks: Is OBJ a, a realistic option at this point? Probably not. I I just don't see it. I mean, the guy is coming off two ACLs. He's on the wrong side of 30. It's a distraction, too. He could be. Yeah, I just don't see it. I know there are fans out there that want to see the reunion. I, and if Odell wants a, a ton of money, I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could tell you otherwise, those of you who want to see it happen. He's going to Philly. I, Everybody's everybody's going to Philly, right, Doc? Everybody's going to Philly. (laughs) I don't think Odell's coming here. I I haven't thought it for a while. Um, Especially, I don't. I'm not going to get into it because I know a lot of people defend Odell no matter what. But yeah, I I don't. I'd be I'd be very surprised if the Giants bring Odell back. Uh, At least this year, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. All right. Here's an interesting one. Do you hate Sirianni when he showboated every touchdown? Look, I mean, how many times has Dable pumped his fist when the Giants did something good? I mean, that's what I hate. Green Pete's hot. Okay, you're right, Patty. But I hated his guts. I, 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 well, I, you I, hate him because they won. 
No, but I said it to Bad Dog as soon as they showed him on the screen after they showed, scored that time. I'm like, that son of a bitch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he eats pizza. Listen, and- he eats pizza hut pizza and he's Italian. Okay, that's all you need to know about the guy. You, you don't need another reason to hate him. That's the reason you hate him. He eats pizza hut and he's Italian. You don't do that. No, you don't do not. it. He right. probably got pineapple on it too. Don't right. do that again. <laughs> no, no, all, all kidding aside, if that was Dable, I'd be pumped off. Like, oh, like, of course. But of course. because he's the Eagles head coach, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're blowing the Eagles out. I want Dable to showboat. Are you kidding me? I'm like, rub it in. Rub it in, Dable. It's just when it's happening to you, you're like, oh, I'd like to punch him right in the head. Yeah, I'd like to take that pizza and mash him right in his face. Sirianni thought he was in like you're WWF. Brutal, man. You are brutal, dog. I, I don't like the Eagles, Patty. I, I, I love that. I, I love like that Eagles. about you. Let's go 49ers. Come on, Brock. <laughs> yeah, do that Tom Brady thing where, you know, nobody expects to do anything and they win a Super Bowl. Do it. Oh, I think the Niners God. are going to beat them. I really do. By the way, I I'm hope so. for the 49ers, too. I, I, the Eagles, just, they can't get in. I'm sorry. They nah, cannot go I can't. Team. I can't do it. Come on, 49ers. Yes. By the way, how crazy is this? In the last four championships, combined AFC and NFC, Chiefs have been the all four. The Niners have been the three. Wild. And, what, and what's the thing they have in common? Both of them have an offensive genius as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams are built completely differently. The, 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 the Chiefs have the elite quarterback. The Niners have the elite roster um, with the quarterback who's kind of carried based off of the, the offensive play caller and, and all the surrounding parts. Um, but, yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah, it, it's kind of the same trend with the Giants, the offensive mm-hmm. coach. Both of them have that really Smart offensive coach with Andy Reid and, and Shanahan, mm-hmm. but yeah, Niners have been three out of the last four. You don't you don't even realize that, but you like they they've that's been a that good point. Just, yeah, that's a real good point. All right, Peter Serdo, any chance Giants drop down by trading Daniel Jones? Nope, don't see it happening. We're not trading. Replace him with. We're not trading Daniel Jones. Why, why? Why would you want to trade Daniel Jones? I, I don't. I don't understand the thinking behind that. I mean, and then who do you replace him with? You know, if you're going to propose a trade, you know, there, there's two sides to the trade. There's trade this guy, but replace him with this guy. I mean, you're going to go with Ty- Tyrod Taylor? I mean, no disrespect to Tyrod Taylor, but. Tyrod you know, Taylor got hurt how many times he went in there in the end. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, uh, no, nah, it doesn't make sense. I, I don't understand why it would even matter. Why would you even go there? Yeah. I really Yeah, don't. Jones is coming back here. I think so, too. I think so, too. Unless somebody, unless Washington says, here, here's four years. He's not even getting to Washington. We're going to franchise tag him if we don't get a good uh, he's, he's not going anywhere. No, he's not I don't going think anywhere. So yeah, definitely not. All right, Papa Guzzo wants to know, will the Giants get a receiver or a linebacker in free agency? Both? Well, actually, I, no. Actually, let me t- take that back. The receiver, the free agent receiver class right now is – not They'll good. sign a free agent wide receiver, though. They have to. They, they're well, going to you know, be maybe a cheap like guy. A third or, you know, yeah. a, a cheap option. If you're talking about a, you know, a number one, I, I don't see that I think it's going to be a linebacker. I, linebacker, I, think, I, think, I could see. Tremaine yeah, I think Edwards. their biggest free agent yeah. signing is going to be a linebacker. Because linebackers oh, are more yeah. affordable. What about Roquan Smith? Is he too much? I, I, didn't he sign already? Didn't he? Did he? I, I don't know if he signed. Yeah, I, I thought he, he signed uh, uh, an extension. Okay. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I want the dude from Buffalo. Everybody's been talking about him. Who's this? That's what I want. That's what Ed, I want. Uh, Edmonds, right? Yeah, oh, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I would keep an eye on that unless Buffalo, you know, franchises him or gets him done, you know, early. But uh, pa- one more from Papa Guzzo. How many draft picks do we have? Nine or eleven? 
right now officially they have nine, but they're going to get two comp picks. It looks like so they. Yeah, and you just don't know where those comp picks are at the moment. Right. Fifth and seventh is the projection, but it's not official. We will have eleven when we get to the draft. Yeah. 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 So I mean, not bad. Not a bad haul. Haul to be honest with you. You know, I mean to have uh to have that. But uh, all right, Fabian asks, what do you think of the third place schedule? Fabian, it actually depends on when the Giants see certain teams. So, for example, if they see Arizona early in the year, Much like so. Chris was saying earlier, they're probably not going to have Kyler Murray. So, yeah, and you, and you kind of got to see, like, a lot of these teams might have rookie quarterbacks. Like, yeah. You know, like, let, let's see what they what they do this offseason. Their, their roster might look completely different. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers exactly. might be on the Jets. And then we got to yeah, play like, the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. We don't have to play the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Like the Jets, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. The, the the Dolphins, we don't know. Two has had concussion. Right, two has been injured, so he might not play. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, it it's you know you can look the opponents. No, today who knows what Seattle's going to do too? Are they going to hold on to Geno Patriots? Smith? Mac Jones struggled this year. Like, yeah. well, Joe Judge is over there. So it's... yeah. By the way, Joe Judge with another quarterback named Jones. Patricia right? might not come back though. Who? Yeah. Matt Patricia. I just saw something. Flashed on my phone during a commercial break that Matt Patricia's may not be back with the Patriots. I I also saw that uh, Mac Jones came out and destroyed Joe Judge today. Oh, mm. did he? What did he say? Oh, destroyed him. What did he say? Oh, I got to do a video on that. Everybody yeah. loves my Joe Judge videos. I have to do one. I'll find it. I mean, it was only one quote. Here it is. It doesn't uh, matter. That's all I need to make a ten minute video. Here, this is what Mac Jones had to say about Joe Judge today. He said. Um, details emerge about the Patriots' disastrous 2022 season and Mac Jones' relationship with coaches, including quarterback coach Joe Judge. <laughs> Mac didn't like him at all, per a source. Bill Belichick would blast Joe Judge in practice. And then wow. there, there's a there's a couple there's a couple of other quotes that came out of it as well where we wanted to further detail. But yeah, so my guy, oh god, the, the rants I had about Joe Judge last year, some of my best ever. Wow! Some of the some of the things that I came up with for Joe Judge, I, I, I when I did the when I did the mock press conference, that, I watched that back, and I actually I don't usually make myself laugh, uh, but I I laughed at a couple of things with that, and and I had a couple of good. I remember Joe Judge on a uh, oh the one that everybody loved was the beginning of the year when he threw the challenge flag, and it drove me crazy on the scoring play, which all scoring plays are reviews. So why are you throwing it? I just remember screaming into the camera, you run laps, Joe. You run laps. People loved that. That one, and he wanted to swim laps in the Hudson River with cement shoes. That was the other one. I, people loved that stuff. Oh, you know, I I, I got to tune into your sh- your channel. Oh, I, yeah, I I, 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 I went I off on George's a while last year. I would be rolling yeah. on the floor laughing. <laughs> yeah, I people, you know, it's funny, Patty, because part of my charm is when I get really mad and I just I can rant, see that. Okay, and I did it a lot last year. And the reason being is this: we were six and ten and twenty, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but as bad as we were, we were competing for the division. The team seemed like it had improved. We dealt with a lot of injuries. Barkley was out the entire year, and we were able to do this. We won on the road in Seattle. Daniel Jones battled injury, all this stuff. At the end of the day, we still had gotten better. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go in 2021. I predicted us to win 10 games. We went out and we got Kenny Galladay. We got Daniel Jones, the number one receiver. We we signed a Dory Jackson. We did all these moves. And I'm thinking, we're going to get better. 
and we didn't. And we got a lot worse. So I had high expectations. And then when he threw that challenge flag I, right away, that was like, nope. I don't Because I loved Joe Judge's first year. We all loved him. We all and then him. a snap of a finger. The complete opposite. I'm like, nope, not the guy. And he, yeah. The, I was very venomous towards Mr. Judge. I, I have all kinds of things. The clown show thing. I laughed because he said clown show. And then when he went, had that 11 minute tirade, and I go, he watched my videos. Cause I said, the giants are a clown show. He's a clown show. He, the, the, he's the head clown. And he's like, we're not some clown show organization. I go, yeah, you watched Joe. I knew you did. Well, the, the, the thing with the thing with judge, which why I think so many fans turned him as quickly as they did was this is a guy that like preached like attention to detail. He preached being like strong mentally, so on and so forth. And you, a hard nosed football team. He's throwing, like Bad Dog said, he's throwing challenge flags when he when he self admittedly admitted that he knew he couldn't throw the flag and he took an unnecessary penalty. Yeah, the guy. I mean, you, you think back. Bad to usage of timeouts. The headsets, Chris. Well, the the headsets. Headsets happened like four times. Yeah, yeah, and I said, if you had that much attention to detail, the first time you that happened, you have a backup plan. plan. Yeah, right. flashcards. Like after two, the first two uh, times, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I I went in on him. As a matter of fact, I think the first video that people see on my page is me with the paper bag over my head. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah going off on Joe Judge. And it's funny. Uh, I, I was just so – last year had to be the worst year as a Giants fan that I've – you know, in my 40 years of watching the Giants or whatever, it, it was it was tough. That was a tough year last it, year. It, it was, and, you know. That's uh, why this year we deserved it as Giants fans. Dealing with that last it, year, we deserved it. it year. You, you, don't, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Another one that people liked was I said it, we executed. We, sure. we, we uh, execution fundamentally and fundamentally we executioned. I remember doing that, too, in my mock oh, press Oh, my conference. goodness. Yeah. Poor <laughs> Joe. All right, a lighter uh, question here. James Vegas wants to know about the MetLife food. You know what, James? Um, I've only had the press box food recently. Um, years ago, I would sometimes go downstairs and I would get something because the, the press box food is free. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously, if I went down to the concourse, I'd have to pay for it, which, you know, not a big deal. If I wanted something, obviously, I would do it. But uh, look, I mean, my philosophy is, is, if I'm invited to somebody's house and they serve food, I'm not going to complain about it. It might not be what I would serve. It might not be prepared the way I would prepare it. You also have to pay $14 for a beer. Yeah. I know, dog, I know you would hate the food because halftime free. All right. Let me, let me. Oh, I've been idea. there, Patty. It's, yeah. The nachos, I'm like, great. Cardboard with cheese whiz. Fantastic. The media spread. And again, I'm not nitpicking on it. All right. So they do have an omelet station that is worth. The weight. Oh, right? I'm sure so that you, is. So you could have like a regular omelet, or you could have an egg white omelet, and you can have you know whatever you want in it. That's then not for, right up my alley. There were so many one o'clock games. You know, you had your standard breakfast fare. So you had powdered eggs that were mixed up. You know, for scrambled eggs, sausage, bacon. Um, then there were a, assortment of breads like bagels and croissants. Um, there was fresh fruit. So. The breakfast, you know, you couldn't go wrong with the omelet. I tried to go omelet whenever I, I possibly could, even though the line would be out the door. Um, halftime, this is where dog, you, I guarantee you wouldn't like this. Usually it was something fried. So it was either like 
fried chicken fingers with French fries and onion rings, or you know, just some kind of finger food. Right. You know, and, and, it, my it son was like, and then they had the big cookies. You know, like the, I guess the cookies they sold on the concourse. There would be like a cheese platter. Um, there would be uh, what else? They'd have more fruit. Um, medium sodas. Medium, so actually, small cups. They were small cups. They weren't even the medium cups. Um, <laughs> the well, Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Sodas, which, by the way, Dunkin' Donuts coffee is good. I've been having that lately, and oh, I'm not Dunkin a coffee Donuts, fan, yeah. so right. it's been good. So, like, and then if it was a if it was a later game, like a night game, you obviously instead of getting breakfast, you would get like you know chicken parm or maybe meatballs and spaghetti or something like that. So you know. It, what- Here's my my outlook on 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 the field at at MetLife. Um, I don't think it's very good, um, and I don't think all stadium food is bad. By the way, I think the I think City no, Field, the Met all. Stadium, is great. Their food. Um, so I think it's like at best like a four out of ten for like stadium food. Like there's not a lot. Like it's very repetitive. But if you're going to a football game, you eat before you go in. You eat right. You eat, oh, you tailgate. That's right. like that. That, that's where you, that's where you get that's where yeah. you're supposed to you, you yeah. eat before you go steaks in. And all, all that well, good stuff. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, a lot of times, you know, for the morning games, I would get up and I would eat before I went in because, you know, unless I, unless I was really in the mood for an omelet, then I would say, okay, I'll just have like a glass of juice and just to hold me because you know I can't I can't function. I got to have something when I wake up for yeah, of course, stabil- you know, to stabilize your blood sugar and. You know, so the omelets were good and they were filling, you know, so you get a nice egg white omelet with, with you know, tom- for me, I always got tomato, ham, a little bit of cheese. And sometimes every once in a while I would mix in a little spinach here and there. How's that for a healthy? Well, I always, I, so I always put my spinach, green peppers. Yep. Well, I don't like peppers, so I didn't, I didn't put peppers in. Sometimes I'd throw some onions. So, I, I mean, I would I would go for all the veg. The only vegetable I didn't go for was, was peppers because I hate peppers. Yeah, I like would not have those, but uh but yeah, I mean, again, I I know some members of the media, you know, criticized the the food that that, that were given. That's not how I was kind of brought up. It was like, if somebody's giving you food, you might not like it, but don't make a big deal out of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's you free. Don't, like it, don't eat it. It's that right, simple. exactly. You know, I mean, the Giants during the week they give us wonderful sandwiches. They make the sandwiches in the cafeteria. And some of them are really good. They're, we're talking artesian sandwiches, which are really good. And then you get chips or you get like a cucumber tomato salad or, you know, a pasta salad or something like that. And then on the Fridays, they serve pizza from a pizzeria, an Italian right. pizzeria. You can tell we're all Italian because inevitably this stream always goes to food. Always. <laughs> all the well, time. Somebody asks. Somebody I, I, know, asks. I know. I'm just saying we, we always end up talking about food. <laughs> I know, and I got to be careful because I I had I didn't have much for all I had for dinner was soup tonight, and I, I don't want to get too hungry. But, yeah, because uh, I'm 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 on my training schedule now, trying to you know tighten things up with the weight and everything. So and, well, uh, summer's coming, so you know that's yeah, exactly. You know, get ready. all right. Let's see if we have any other questions that I missed because I'm kind of behind here. We're, I'm, I'm behind by about 10 minutes here. So I'm just going through these questions. Papa Guzzo says, I'm getting hungry now. My wife needs to cook me some pasta. See? There you go. Italian. Oh, by no, the I, 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 I by bet the your way. dad has a beard right now, Chris. You know, I, I, I got just, sitting, just sitting in the chat for two hours, he grew a beard. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I love your dad, Chris. Pasta. He's the man. Speaking of pasta, I, I, I got to give a shout out to Paul Dettino on this. He turned me on to a pasta that he buys at his store. 
and now I'm going to forget the name of it, but it's so good. It's it's actually used by caterers. It's it's a it's an authentic Italian pasta. Well, he's Italian. He's good. Paul Dottino. I mean, that's yeah. and, and, it, and and he said to me, he actually he said you've got to try this pasta. He says you will never buy store bought pasta again. So he got me a bag and I tried it and I, he said, follow the directions exactly. You know, so it said salt and water, which I never do. I don't throw extra salt into it. So I made the pasta. And if I tell you, you know, it was good. It, it, it was the best pasta I ever had. Really? And I'm like, oh, it's amazing. I got to I gotta find out what the name is because I forgot what it is. I made it. My husband is like, I can't tell the difference. I said, oh, I can yeah, I can't explain what the difference is, but you could tell the difference in the taste. Hmm. It was amazing. See, there's a couple guys in here. Like Paul Soltero says, Italian stress over food. Now he gets it. He's Italian. Jordan uh, Zimidi. That's obviously that you got to salt the water. They know. I'm telling you, it's just yeah. It's, I know it, the, the it It's embedded in us as Italians. I know, it raises the temperature, but right. you know, I try to I try to cut down on sodium because. Not just for me, but also for my husband. You know, I don't want him. I don't want. He eats enough with pizza and stuff, and a lot of sodium as it is. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to. You know, trying to watch certain things. I'd rather cook with garlic powder than salt if I can. So anyway, um, Scott Young wants to know: Is Wandale Robinson going to be ready for training camp? I have a feeling. And okay, we got several months yet, but. I would not be surprised if he starts the summer camp on pop, given when the injury happened. Yeah, so, happened like in the middle of the year, right? It's... Yeah, I, I think he's going to go start on pop, would be my guess right now. Now, I don't know where he stands right now. Um, I'm trying to remember in the locker room, was he on a crutch? I'm trying to remember now. There's so much going on that I day. I think he was. I think I, I remember think he was that. too. Yeah, I think. So, so yeah, he's probably not going to be able to run for for at least another month or two. Um, so I'm thinking he's going to be ready. He's going to start on pop, maybe be ready a little later on in the summer, if if at all. So uh, it's real shame with that kid because he's he definitely going to miss the offseason yeah. program. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Um, let me see what else. Um, See the Knicks one. That was a good win tonight against the Celtics. Yeah, against the Celtics, one of the best teams in the league. Somebody asked me about the Eagle fans. Um, yeah, they asked how they treated you. I saw that up there. Eagle fans are what? What can I say? They they are going to they're, they're going to be right. Eagles. Like the Jets will jet. Eagle fans will Eagle. Fans. Did you give yeah. the, Did you give them the Eli Manning two finger salute? What do you think? I'm crazy. <laughs> I mean, you should give them the bird. I mean, they are birds. You think I'm crazy? That is the funniest meme of all time. The Eli Manning two finger salute. Yeah. I have that on my Eli phone. could get away from get away with that on national. Did television. you Did you see the, the the billboard that they had for him? Yes. Yeah, it was great. It was oh, great. that was awesome. I I, I did I posted that on uh, I did a story on Giants Country about that because I just thought that was so funny. Eli's like, oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I love Eli. He's he's just nothing bothers him. He, he he's just, if anybody else why he was perfect for New York, they would have got, got destroyed. Especially in like today's cancel culture. Somehow Eli Manning got away from got, got away. He, he was able. To... Well, I don't think he realized Eli. He, he was showing him how many Super Bowl MVPs he won. <laughs> That's what that was. The only thing would have been sweeter is if he had had both rings on his. Correct. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been awesome. You know? yeah, Eli has twice as many Super Bowl MVPs as the Eagles have championships, and that's perfect. 
That's why I hope the, the Niners destroy him this Come on, 49ers. My sister's favorite team. So I'm rooting for her <laughs> because, team. Can you imagine how insufferable? No. Oh, my goodness. I You know, after the show, after we did the live show um, last week, I had Eagle fans, you know, after the game, I should say, I had Eagle fans coming back to the channel posting all kinds of crap. Ah, oh, they did that to me too. And they, they have to do that. That's their courage factor. They don't have the courage to say before the game, but after it's over, now I'm going to go back and go, oh, how about that? Like, I, I laughed when they took Jalen Hurts, as most Eagle fans hated that pick. And, you know, someone came back. And again, that's what, three years ago? Three years ago, right? So we go through laughing now. I'm like, wow, you visited a video. You went through all my videos and went back three years to put that on there. I'm like, I wish I had that much time in my hands. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But they, of course. Of course, because I, mean, I did a video like, why not us? Why can't we win? Like, oh, this this aged poorly. Uh -huh. What were you saying? Ha, ha, ha. What, one of them actually sent me an email, at, an Eagle fan, and said, we're going to make you an honorary Eagle fan because you picked the Eagles and you're the only one with brains out of the whole Giants lot that picked the Eagles. And I'm like, I just laughed. Yeah, like, I get that all the time. I get Eagle fans all the time. Like, uh, Bad Dog, we welcome you over here. I'm like, I appreciate that, but uh, over my dead body. <laughs> it ain't happening. I don't mind if other teams' fans come on the channel. The only oh, I don't I, either. But the I, only thing I ask is that you be respectful and and the you know this is a PG channel, so no yeah. bad language or you know. That's why I can't tell you what I really feel about the Eagles. I already it. know how you would feel yeah, about good. the Eagles. Trust me. So I, know you would, I was actually hoping that, that the Giants would win because I would have. That would have been I the end of all the Eagle fans. Oh. You would have never came to my channel again. That would have been the end of it. And Patty, yeah. I'm telling you, one day that's going to happen where we do beat them. And they're not going to want to be around me because of all the years of suffering, I, I will get it all back in that one victory. I know you will. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I mean, in all honesty, I don't think it's going to be that much longer before the Giants start closing that gap and being a little bit more competitive. I mean, this year, it is. I, I, I think we could catch or at least come very close to catching the Cowboys next year. Yeah. I don't think we could catch the Eagles next year. I think we're at least two years away from catching the Eagles. We're going to close the gap. I think they're going to close I the gap. I think we'll get closer next year. Yeah. yeah. We'll get closer. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I can say, it's all in good fun. I mean, that's sports is about I mean, talking. We all, you know, we all like football and yeah, it's know, all in good fun. I mean, the NFC is passionate. Eagle fans are passionate. Cowboys yep. fans are passionate. Great, I mean, great rivalries in this division, and this division is really good again. And it's it, it's always I mean, fun talking. I mean, that, down in Dallas, I can remember go, the, not this past Thanksgiving, but years ago when they played it on Thanksgiving, I wasn't in the media. And I went to the game with my brother, and I remember the Dallas fans. You know, you talk about the Eagle fans and how they could be a little rambunctious. I remember getting beers thrown at me and dumped on me at at, at the the Cowboys Stadium. So oh, yeah. it, it, just, it happens wherever you go, and you know, if you, if you if you don't have the toughness, I guess, to sit out there, it's like, you know, don't don't be out in the stands. Yeah, Yankee you know? Stadium's like. <laughs> So you you wear, you wear the wrong things at Yankee Stadium. Forget about it. I've I've seen I've it. I've never all. been to Yankee Stadium, believe it or not. Yeah, you you, wear, you wear your Boston stuff there. I've gone to Yankee oh, Stadium with a Met hat. I've gone yeah, there with a Met hat. They, I, they, I they're not Yankee fans. Aren't very endearing to the opposite. They're just 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't ever remember being at maybe maybe when I was younger, we might have taken a field trip or something. Certainly not the current version of Yankee Stadium. I remember going to Shea Stadium a lot because my dad was a Mets fan. But yet I've never been to City Field. And I've always wanted to go to City Field. Yeah, I haven't been to City Field yet. Right. Right. Probably right. 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 Wait, City wait, wait, wait. You know what my first time to City Field is going to be? Is if Kiss plays their final concert there. That will be my first time at City Field. I guarantee you that will be. I it. went to the Billy Joel concert, the last play at Shea. Really? Yeah, which was okay. the best concert I've ever been to. Wow. Yeah, I thought, was, actually, I wouldn't mind going to see Billy Joel at the Garden. I've I, like been, I saw garden. him at the Garden as well. Yeah. What I really want to do is I really want to go see a Rangers game at the Garden. That I would love. I would love to do that, too. I've been to several Knicks games. never been to a Rangers game. Really? I've never been to a Knicks game, either. I've never been to the Garden. It's something I've got to do before. Wow. Yeah, I've yeah, never I probably, been. I in the like... 90s. In the 90s, I remember trying to get Knicks tickets. And it was a lot harder to do that in the 90s than it is now. Uh, number one, because it wasn't all the technology available. Number two, the Knicks were one of the best teams in the league that entire decade. So it was much harder to get tickets. Uh, than, I mean, I could have got any tickets I wanted to during the Isaiah Thomas era, and, you know, when Eddie Curry and Nate Robertson and all those guys are running around the, the court. Jared Jeffries and the, whatever the hell else they had out there. 90-year-old Steve Francis and Penny Hardaway. And, yeah. I, I could have yeah. went to any of those teams. Who the hell no, wanted my, to go to my those teams? To get, I don't know how he – I guess he got it from Chase Bay because I guess they were a sponsor back in the day. No, they when still are. got courtside seats. Chase when is my father worked the, in, um, the, the at, at a law firm. Yeah. And that, you know, Chase was one of the clients or they did business with Chase or something. So we got courtside seats. And I remember I wasn't into basketball, never had been. And my brother was really into basketball. And he and – he, Courtside seats. I'm going to give you a, a tip if you go. Anybody that's listening, and I didn't know this. The last Knicks game I went to was a year ago. Actually, a subscriber to my YouTube channel gave me a ticket, so I, I went. during. The, I was right, right after the pandemic was starting to loosen up a little bit. I went to the Knicks game last year. And um, it, like you said, Chase is a sponsor. So they have like the Chase Bridge. Mm-hmm. Like Chase is all over the stadium. Mm-hmm. If you have a Chase card, all you need is a Chase credit card. You don't need to be a season ticket holder. You have a Chase credit card. As you go into the garden, they have the Chase Lounge and they have free food before the game. Yeah. So you you don't have to. Well, they had them anymore. at the concerts too. Yeah. So that, yeah. that that's one thing I didn't know. I don't have a Chase credit card, but we, if you have we a had Chase, that when when card. I went to see Kiss at the at, at MSG. I think City Citibank was a sponsor, and I have a Citibank account, uh, or I had one. I don't have it anymore, and I I was able to go into the lounge. So yeah, I I know that about the so, some. You know, I think the Giants have something too, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm trying I'm to sure remember what the lounge it is, but, um, but yeah, um, never been to Yankee Stadium that I remember at any rate. Maybe I did as a kid, but um, I haven't been there in a while. I used to go to the Yankee Stadium yeah. a lot when I was younger. When I was a single guy, um, I, but, I used to go all to, the time. Been to just a lot more about time the NFL Stadium. You know, I think the only NFL stadiums I haven't been to are Buffalo, Kansas City. I haven't been, obviously, to the new L.A. stadium yet and to the Las Vegas one. But I, I think I've been to every other stadium. You could knock two off this year. They go to Buffalo and Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. And I want to make that trip, trust me. I they, hope they, I hope they, they, got, do, they, I hope they, they do Vegas and, and, and Arizona back-to-back. That would be they great. got some great. Uh, they got great trips this year. Holy Miami, smokes. Miami, Buffalo. Miami, you know what? I'm not a fan of Miami. 
I had a bad experience down in Miami. You're going to New Orleans? New Orleans, yes. New Orleans. I love New Orleans. Oh. Yeah, love New Orleans. I, I, yeah, you, you spend all day. We actually get a hotel right on Bourbon Street. It's awesome. You don't yeah. sleep much, but it's awesome. No, you don't sleep. <laughs> if you're on Bourbon Street, you don't sleep. No, you do not. But I'll tell you what, the great food there. I mean, it's like. Yeah, Cajun food, man. Beignets. That's it. That's good stuff. Oh, man. I, I, every corner. I, I, you do whatever you want to drink. of it. <laughs> The hurricanes or grenades, it's all oh, yeah, it's all good stuff. Yes, absolutely. All right, a couple more questions and then we'll call it a show. Let's see. Um, Fabian asks, What Pat, what do you consider an elite, uh, an elite quarterback? Um, characteristic wise, or you know, by a person, I, I guess somebody who can, you know, throw long, throw short, make all the throws, cut down on the mistakes, fool the defense. Raise the talent around him. Win games. Uh, win games, obviously. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones isn't quite no. there yet, but no. he's on his way if he continues to develop the way he's okay. Daniel Jones you know, will be a second-tier guy. He's not going to be Pat, – Pat Mahomes, is elite, that's an elite quarterback. Yes. Justin yeah. Herbert's an elite quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is going to be an elite quarterback. Yes. He, these guys, yeah, they make all the throws. They have all the athleticism. They have a, a rocket arm. They just – there's just some guys that inherently are, are super special. But, again, a lot of Giants fans are like, we got to get this guy. Like, you're just going to find them. They don't come around that long. It's hard to find those guys. They're, you don't get an elite quarterback in every draft class. Is there an elite no. quarterback in Daniel Jones' draft class? Kyler Murray has elite skills. And they take time to develop. What's that? Time to de I mean, right. Allen took, what, a couple of years to develop? Mahomes took a year. It takes time. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence took a year. Very rarely does a rookie come in and, and set the world on fire. So yeah. you got to be patient, you know? So, yeah. all right. Gabe wants to know, what do you think about trading for Higgins? Oh, His no. contract has only one more year. If you're trading draft picks and high draft picks, uh, I I'll trade I, for I, Higgins. I, I just don't think the Bengals will trade him. But I would. Trade I don't him. think that. I don't think they would either. I. I yeah. You know. I think they're going to yeah. try to take advantage of Burrow's salary as long as they can. I right. Mean, right. Just a rule contender. It, it'd be difficult to say, all right, let's get rid of this guy in a rookie contract, a second right. round pick on a rookie contract. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Cameron Karimi. Any chance we get? D Hopkins. Okay, we talked about that earlier. Probably not. Um, I don't even know if the, the Cardinals have made him available for trade. Didn't they say that they're not considering trading him at this time? So um, if, if he wants a new contract, and Chris talked about this earlier, if he wants a new contract, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, it's tough to extend that guy. Yeah, definitely. You know, 35, 36 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Amazing guy wants to know how many prime gear Primetime games will the Giants get? The Eagles will be one. Oh, you know it. Dallas will probably be another. Buffalo could be. Buffalo, That's yeah. a great storyline with Dable and no. Shane. Yep. At least three, I would say. That's my and guess. Because you've got, I, I think, if I remember correctly, I think the max on primetime games is five. I think, I think that's the max. Three. So you I have think... to leave. Is it, is it five? So you've got to leave a couple open for um, flexing purposes. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants get three. Dallas, mm -hmm. Philly, and Buffalo would make make that. I think yeah. they're going to have one 
scheduled Sunday night football game for the first time in forever because the last the la- they were flexed this time and they were hear me, and, and I'm gonna go Ugh, hate night games because I I, th- I think the Buffalo game if I had to guess is gonna be their Sunday night game I think yeah. it's is that that's yeah, that out of Buffalo second in Buffalo it is at Buffalo yeah then you're gonna hear me because like, I hate night games I hate them I'm trying to think what other games on their schedule could be um well Philly for sure you would think yeah divisional games for sure um. They play the 49ers. That's a good team, right? That's possible. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that'll be a national, like a, like a, yeah, like know, a four game o'clock. of the week type thing, but yeah. I don't think that's a night game. But uh, I, I think it'll be, I, I think we hit it. I think it'll be the Bills, yeah. Eagles, and Cowboys. Yeah, those would be the three, I would think. So, uh, Paul Soltero, what are your thoughts about Leo saying he would restructure to stay with the team? Good on him. I mean, I think he's going to have to, to be honest with you. 32 million cap hit. No way they carry that. I, I just don't see it. And it frees up more uh, work cap something space. Out. Work something out. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, amazing guy asks, should the Giants sign Mike Isicki? Hmm. That, that would be uh, the tight end. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. If he's cheap. I, mean. I, I don't have an opinion on that. I, I, that's the first time I've seen that question. I'd have to. What did you do to... with Lawrence Cager? I felt like he came on at the end of the year. He was fine. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not thinking about Mike Kosecki. I'm thinking about linebackers. I'm thinking about corners. Yeah. About I, 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 linemen. Yeah. I think linebackers got to be the top priority in free agency. I think. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If Shane's going to agree with that necessarily, but. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure with, with Gusecki, to be honest with you. I think that might be more of a luxury type of signing. Um, okay, um, let me see. Here's an interesting question here. Allison Lombard, if you can keep them on vet minimum deals, I'd keep Slayton and Galladay. Galladay ain't, ain't taking a vet minimum deal. He, he's gone. I, I mean, pretty yeah, obvious. He's not going to come back. He, yeah, pretty obvious. Gone. To doesn't fit the scheme, and we're going to save a lot of money. Yeah. And I don't think Slayton's going to take a veteran veteran minimum deal. No, the, the wide receiver all. market is way too thin. He's yeah. Somebody's going to give him. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like ten million dollars a year. Yeah, he's going to get paid at least he's, seven. I, I can see three years, twenty million, two years, fourteen million, something like that. Yeah. All right, uh, Alfred Okere. Do you believe the Giants will move up for a receiver in the draft? I don't think they're going to trade up. I'd be surprised if they trade up. I think they, they have a better chance of trading back than. I think they would trade back too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't I think mean, they'll trade up. Yeah, I don't. Could, I, don't I won't rule it out. They could, but I, I, I don't. I, I, don't I, not, I don't like the odds of that happening. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see how it kind of works out, but I, I don't know that that's going to happen. So, um, all right, Jordan Samiti, would Saquon ever come on the pod? You know, Jordan, I've actually had Saquon on, on the pod uh, before we went to video. Um, he he did an audio version with me a couple years ago. So what happens now, and I'll, spoiler alert for you guys, now that we're approaching the Super Bowl, there's marketing um, promotions going on up the wazoo. And a lot of times I get emails um, saying, hey, so-and-so is promoting this. You know, would you, would you be interested in talking to him? And if it's a giant, a current giant or a former giant, I always say yes. I mentioned Eli. You know, I'm hoping Eli will be on the pod next week. There's another former giant that I'm hoping, you know, and I put in a request and we'll see if it comes through. I'm hoping to get Strahan on the pod, which would be kind of cool. That'd be awesome. Now, I did get a, a marketing promotion for Saquon 
Um, but the the agent, the uh, the PR rep didn't say anything about him being available to talk. So I I wrote back and I said, hey, I'll promote this, but you know, I I can't promote it just like this. I got to have some football talk. So that's kind of the way I approach it. And sometimes they say yes, and sometimes they say no. So, um, but if I ever get Saquon on the show, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely throw him on, on the pod. Absolutely. Usually they get only give me the players for about 10 minutes or so. So, um, but yeah, Saquon was on the pod. You'd have to go back to the audio version. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. Cause I remember I won pod of the week actually for that interview. Cause everybody's like, Oh my God, you got Saquon Barkley. This is, this was before his, his knee injury. That's how long ago it was. So, uh, but yeah, um, keep an eye out. Cause there's, there's hopefully, like I said, hopefully there's people that we can bring on former and current players that will come on the pod, even if it's just for 10 minutes or so it's better than nothing. So that's why this is the most wonderful time of the year. It's all the marketing stuff that litters my inbox, but just got to go through it and find stuff. So um, Jonathan Peck, first pick, what position you all taking with the first pick? Best available? Best available. Yeah. Um, can't, can't really, you know. Sit, you, you I mean, ideal and, world, wide receiver, yeah. but best available. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So best available. You can't go in and say, with my first pick, I'm going to come hell or high water. I'm going to pick a receiver. That's right. how you end. That's how you end up with you know some of these horrible wide receiver picks. You force yep. it, you force a pick. You can't force a pick. Yeah. Um, Fabian asks, were you ever invited to a function or event from any giant? Um, there have been events. Yes. Now, just to be clear on certain things, um, with the media. You don't want to start taking favors and, you know, hanging out with people. You got to maintain a professional relationship. What I can tell you is years ago, the Giants used to have picnics um, before the start of training camp. or you, Sometimes it would be after um, the mini camp in June. They would have a picnic. They don't do it anymore. But this was, year, I'm talking the fossil years. And we did have a an event at Fossil's house where it was catered. You had, you know, valet parking. It, it was a first class event. I mean, it was quite the event. And, um, you know, I remember when we got the invite, I just, I, I, what, I don't remember the year. I had to be just, yeah. Cause I was living in the apartment with my husband. So I had to be newly married. Cause I remember getting a call from uh, the PR, one of the PR interns saying, what's your husband's name? So I told him, and then I, I remember my husband always goes out and gets the mail. And he, he comes in and he's got this envelope with the return address from the Giants and says to Patricia Trainer and Lee. And I'm like, and Andy goes, you got something from the Giants? I said, oh, okay. So I kind of just took it and I put it aside. And he goes, open it, open it, you know, because my husband's like a little kid. So I opened it and it, it was an invite to this picnic that they were having. So they don't really have events um, for the media, sometimes they'll do like things and they'll invite you to cover it. So it's, it, it's kind of, you know, if it's a charity thing, like I know last year they had some kind of a draft event where they, they had people in tents. Uh, I, I don't remember. I didn't, I wasn't invited to this one, but you get notices that, that you can go and you can cover these events. So, but social events, they stopped that a long time ago. Um, cause it's just, you know, really you shouldn't be mixing pleasure and business together. Right. So, um, so that was kind of interesting. All right, let's see. 
if we have any more, because I know we're we're going a little long. You, I know you guys are, are good, but you guys are probably getting tired. I can see dog is losing some energy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, at the end of the week, I always start to run on. It's always Thursday night. I start to get tired just from the you know week of working and then working out and then low calories and then streaming every night. So yeah, I I start to I start to fall off uh, Thursday night and Friday. Tomorrow's always rough. Right. I, I'm just all day. I'm on fumes on Fridays. Fridays. Yeah. Are tough on saturday we get to eat and we get to sleep and i'm good on saturday all the time we'll just do a couple more and then i'll let you guys go because actually i've got to go and i got to get tomorrow's and i have to i have to shave patty or see papa guzzo is gonna get over i know man you gotta you gotta stay on top of that there's no excuse for you not to shave man no there's not uh gabe asked do you go to tom coughlin's charity event every year no i don't actually um anything i'm kind of picky about what i go to and I'm not a big fan of working red carpets and stuff like that. I just, if I can't be for the whole event, I just, I mean, you don't have to feed me. I just want to be into here and see the whole event. I just don't want to do red, red carpet and stuff, you know, especially if I've got to haul it into the city. It just not, not my cup of tea. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's the last of the questions. So we don't have any predictions to do guys, but uh Unfortunately, unfortunately, not. I know. I mean, unless you want to predict, you know, who's going to win the the championship. I'm going to go Niners. I'm going to go Niners, Niners? and uh, Bengals, and I'm going to have the Niners win in the whole in Oh, you think the Bengals will top the Chiefs? Yep, I, I, I hope I'm, so. I'm picking the Bengals. Part of, part of me, part I will say, part of me is like the Chiefs are really getting disrespected. Home dog, and I understand that Mahomes is a little High bit up, but. But I've part heard- of me is like part of me, and I know that Cincinnati's beat them the last three times. Part of me really wants to go to, with the Chiefs because I feel like they're getting a little disrespected going into this game. But Bengals defense is playing really Bengals good. Bengals are hot. I, I, the Bengals Bengals are hot. Is the man. I'm going with Cincinnati and the Niners, and I'm going with the Niners to win it. I want to see the Niners because I don't want the Eagles in, in the Super Bowl. They don't. Uh, no, Niners they, are fine away. They they got to find a way. And- yeah, listen, the Eagles, you know, we, we did a podcast or like a show like this with a couple of Eagle content creators and, and they're right. You know, they're like, we're not Minnesota. You know, we're not, we're not Minnesota. You're not going to do it us with you in Minnesota. Well, Eagle fans, San Francisco ain't us. You ain't running the ball for 250 yards against that front. That's not happening. That's not happening. And, you know, they have some receivers. Brandon yeah. Ayuk, Debo Samuel. They also got this guy named Christian McCaffrey. They also have this tight end. His name's George Kittle. Yeah, that's a pretty damn good team. And it may be Brock Purdy, but they ain't scared. And, and, you know, not for nothing, but my brother's a Chiefs fan, and he has just been so insufferable all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's, he's going he's gonna to be sad. I, I, for no other reason, I I want to see let, him let, let me let me Let me ask you this. If Burrow wins the whole thing this year, he beats Mahomes, then he wins the Super Bowl, does he start to enter like the discussion? Be because right now it's like Mahomes is the best quarterback. If Burrow beats him again and wins a Super Bowl, is he the number one quarterback in the league, or does he at least enter that discussion? Yeah, he enters the discussion because he sure, he's already an elite guy. He's already in the top five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he might. I I I don't know. I think a lot of people are gonna if he is able to accomplish that. I think a lot of people will label him the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, I can see the that. Reason. 
I could see that. And all I know is I did, my brother's just been insufferable with the Chiefs. It's always the Chiefs this, the Chiefs that. And you should have seen the smack he was talking with the Giants. Yeah, the he's they're they're he's they're gonna lose. They, they, they I mean, thank goodness I'm the older one of the two of us. This, this is also in the neutral site, right? They play in Atlanta, so it's not like the Chiefs have home field advantage, correct? I think so. Right? Isn't this the game that ended up being because of the thing with Buffalo? No, no. I, I, I thought that I think was it's in Buffalo. Kansas City. It's it in is. Kansas okay. City. I think it yeah. was in Kansas City because if Buffalo was in it, then I think that's – Oh, is that what it was? Okay. I think yeah, so. I, think Buff- I think Buffalo and um, uh, Kansas Cincinnati City. had a coin flip, I think, and whoever won the coin flip got home field, but, but, the, but had – I think if it was Buffalo, there was something that they were going to play in Atlanta. So yeah, I, maybe if it was yeah, the Bills, Atlanta. maybe the Bills won. It would have been the Bills and Chiefs in Atlanta. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that's, I think what that's what it, yeah. it would have been. It would have been yeah. a neutral field if it was Bills Chiefs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. I guess we'll call it a show. We went a little over, and I know uh, everybody's probably getting tired. So thank you all for tuning in to Locked On Giants Live. Hope you had a good time. As always, guys, we had a blast. It's been a blast all year talking football with you. It has been. We've still got to, you know, talk about the uh, salary cap show. So we'll figure out when we're going to do that. Hopefully you guys want to come on and we'll do this live. Um, Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in next week to the Locked on Giants podcast. Like I said, I hope to have Eli Manning on. I'm not sure if it's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm still waiting to hear back. And uh, we'll just keep rolling out the shows tomorrow. Um, we're actually going to have Ed Valentine's going to be on the show. He was, he joined me, uh, early in the week. So it's a little bonus show for you guys and gals. So hope you'll tune in. So for Tana and the dog, I'm Trina signing off. Peace.